0: greetings motherfuckers is me pierre XO with the tentacle the squid Um, squid they were were discussing certain names that they could call themselves there's like croissant tours but i was thinking croissant sewer could be one (laughs) croissant sewer
1: Yes, because that means we can take two French words, mash them together and butcher <laughs> them both at the same time, which is an Englishman, pleases every anti-French instinct I have. So you're it all now croissant tours
0: It's even 10 times more complicated to spell and say. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. I mean, 10 is a really hard name. So we should
1: have croissant Should yeah, be yeah, yeah definitely personaaurus <laughs> I you all you all deserve this
0: pain and far worse things besides that I haven't yeah. even imagined yet all right well um good morning afternoon and evening to everybody in the chat as this message says here how are you doing Richard can can we take off that thing
1: hello beautiful people says serene owl man I'm French and so offended already good I'm good I want you to feel more offended I uh, I spoke to, I spoke to a girl in the gym the other day on the reception and I was being I was speaking Spanish to her and then she she was counting something for me and she was counting in French and I was like oh you're French and I tried to drop some French on her. and um midway through I was like you haven't spoken French since you were 19 you should stop <laughs> it was so bad. I, I dropped the ball so badly. <laughs> you know, you sort of drop the yeah. ball, you start stuttering, trying to pick it up again. And then in yeah. the end, I just I just left it on the floor and I was like, I'm never going to talk to you by speaking French to you ever again. And she was you like...
0: Know, you crazy. know what's funny yeah. is, like, it's a very, like, baseline level understanding of travel. When people right. suggest, if you're going to move to a place or go to a place, you should learn the language. Mm-hmm. But as you and me know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you travel anywhere long term. They don't want you speaking the fucking language, man. Like, stop it. Stop hurting. my. like, I don't want to hear your cringy, terribly pronounced hello, good evening, one croissant, please. Well,
1: I was thinking about the other day, the fact that like I can bluff it in Spanish. So if I speak Spanish, generally speaking, the response here I get is good. And you think that's good, Richard. Well done. Yes. And then as I was crossing the road, day, I thought, when did I first start learning Spanish? When I was 14, yeah. which is 372 decades ago. It's right. a whole, I learned it when the Spanish inquisition was in full force. <laughs> and it's taken, I've been, so more of my life, I've been alive speaking Spanish than not by quite a bit, like three quarters of my life. And I speak okay okayish Spanish. Mm-hmm. That's how much it takes. It takes and if a you're long traveling
0: time. If you're traveling around and you're talking to people that have a handle on English, they don't yes. want to speak their native language with you, no. a foreigner that's native, in, the native English speaker. So, no. reasonably, to learn a few greetings and to show your respect for the culture is just enough. Other than that, it's like bitch, your fucking ass up. I can't even tolerate yeah. your terrible, yes. your terrible accent saying it's, hello. It, yeah, it's horrifying. It's a horrifying mess. There's um, a there's actually uh, speaking of f- butchering french culture uh mm. apparently netflix came out the series to start off lighthearted on, in pop culture they came mm. out the series called emily in paris and it's like okay. the most entitled spoiled white girl going to paris and being like the worst and uh it seems like it's done in a very unaware lens and they're and they're painting french culture like a complete character <laughs> it's fucking like, is it is, is it french made no 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 it's totally american made uh one oh, comment oh, was oh. really funny and it was saying like it's almost as if the writers had one bad experience in france and then made a right. whole movie based on it and it would it would and, and they were kind of like <laughs> there were scenes in the the thing where they're like hey emily it the, the truth is that um the reason why we are so mean to you is because you intimidate us you work so hard you maybe provide a different way to look at things than we we the europeans work uh, work to live and you americans live to work as if it was like a good thing <laughs> what kind of fucking bullshit is this
1: <laughs> wow wow it's always nice to watch stuff like that and be like um oh okay this is what you actually re- this is how you think the world
0: works thank you but, thank you but you know what's interesting is that i have actually met people that think like that and act like her it's not that far off from some real life individuals that i've come across oh no i think it's um i think it's i think it's quite a common a common attitude
1: i, I for me it's like it's amusing to think that a place that is basically like down the road for me. And so I always compare it to America. Um, and I'm like, if you had to drive four hours to go to a place, like you wouldn't think anything of it. If you lived in Texas and you wanted to go to another city, you'd be driving for four hours. And so in, in Europe, we have this weird crushed mentality where it's like, yeah, Paris is really like, if I left the, the house, it would probably take me four hours to get there. Once we've gone through the tunnel and all that, and it's it sort of it demythologizes everything. It's just there. It's the the everything is just here. Like I look out the window, Africa's over there, and if I go that way, there's Greece. And you know, it's like it's it's just there. But if you're not if you're not from here, it's it's foreign and it's exotic and it's well, interesting,
0: dude. And that's I'm... where that's where that, that's where the gaps create this kind of weird schism. I think. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of thinking Paris was exactly the caricature that I painted when I lived in the States. That's when I first came to Europe for the first time, and it was in Paris. And I Mm. projected my rose-tinted perspective onto the city, Mm. and it was fucking amazing to view the city like that. You know, I didn't see any terrible part of it because I was just living in this movie, and uh, it was a great time. But uh, it makes sense, though, because even now that I'm living here in Europe, it's already demythologized a lot of the neighboring countries now that I've Mm. been here for over a few years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um,
1: it's, it's, uh, I I think, well, my whole thing with, with America because that's the most foreign place that I go to regularly is America. It's far more foreign (coughs) than anywhere else on earth. As far, as far as I can tell, Mm-hmm. and um my instinct when i'm there is to say to americans is like you really should go to europe like everybody here should go to europe you know what your lineage is like go back and see what or even if even if your ancestors aren't from europe you should go to europe because we all live in a version of europe ac- across the world you know your court system your legal right. system your medical system it's 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 european rightly or wrongly whether that's politically correct or not that is the way the world works so you should see it
0: You should say it firsthand. Well, everyone should be able to experience going to the grocery store by walking. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, that's yeah, that's hmm. (laughs) yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so the I suggested the title today because I mean, speaking of Emily in Paris, her attitude is really similar to the common influencer. Should Should I watch this thing, or is it just going to irritate me if I do that? No, no, it's not even worth. I only watched a random commentary video on okay. the series. So that's it. Right. But uh, it was, it was, it reveals more about American culture than it does okay. about the French. These are, these things always do, don't they? I I, I yeah. mean, I'm
1: still thinking about that line, you know, Emily, we were intimidated by you because we worked so hard. I'm like, did the writers meet any French people? Like that's just yeah. not that that sentence structure is not going to come out of the mouth of a french person
0: yo no no for my sure. god are
1: you crazy but <laughs> right, it totally What's the, friend, great the french sit there and go we just uh, really respect your work ethic you know it's uh, very special
0: <laughs> but that is how americans view the world usually it's right. like all catered to them and there was this one scene where she talks to a waiter and uh, asks for the fucking steak to be medium mm. <laughs> and then the waiter comes back says chef the chef says this is exactly the way you're supposed to eat and then she throws a fit excuse me this is the way i want it and maybe you mm. don't know how to make this like shit like that anyways um well when,
1: when when you're in when you're she was in paris right yeah 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 you let the chef just whatever the chef says like he's right you're wrong i think like and and university globally we all just have to accept that the French have won that and so if you go if you go to a, a good restaurant in, pa- in Paris, yeah, you just let them do what they
0: do. You don't go in there and be like, "Don't put that,
1: put the thing with the thing, and then yeah, I like it." Like,
0: no, 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 no. no, no. Emily, <laughs> and then Emily starts complaining that the customer is always right, so she should have her way or something.
1: Oh, that's quite funny.
0: I mean, because that is something that that I would see like. uh
1: Americans for sure getting that wrong in, in France, because that, that yeah. again, it's, it's not true. Even though I have to be anti-French, I accept the French are right on that as well. Like they do know better than we do. <laughs> we, we have roast beef and Yorkshire pudding. They have French cuisine. Ah, They can tell me where well, if I've been to Paris and been to restaurants and I'll just say to the waiter, what do you recommend? And then sometimes they say, "How how do you want this cooked?" And I'll be like, "Just what the chef says. I'm going to eat is is how I'm going to eat it. So that's it. We defer we defer to the
0: the, the, and, the chef there. And I'm sorry if you are getting your fucking steak medium. What are you doing? Just just turn vegan, dude. You know you don't even eat. You don't even appreciate the meat. So right, right, right. <laughs> God damn. There you go. There's a little European snobbery that's crept in there. That's a good thing. It's always been in there. I'm just feel I feel more validated now that I live yeah. here and I can actually <laughs> pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. If you guys are are wondering Richard's connection, I think there's a storm where he's at, so his video is a bit choppy, but uh, the audio is okay. Um, but yeah, man, I was uh, speaking of the attitude with Emily. I've been thinking about this whole youtuber influencer world and because i've been trying to take a step back a lot more with this stuff it's given me a different perspective of everything and god damn it's like so it's gone way out of hand now yeah i mean the thing is, it's like when you talk about influencers, it's not even just a small percentage of people because everybody has their influencer moment nowadays. It's a lot more common than speaking about a celebrity like um, fucking uh, Ryan Reynolds or Johnny Depp or whoever the hell. You know, this that's like a very specific minority of people that have a specific set of problems. But I think uh, the influencer thing is becoming a lot way more democratized, meaning that a lot of people have an idea of at least an element of that world.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's um. Uh, in a sense, I think that the world we live in now, even though it's very connected, um, we're kind of becoming like ignorant peasants mm. again, um, yeah. which is so strange because we have the library of Alexandria inside of our sweaty pockets right at the fingertips and we'll just use it to, I don't know, play Candy Crush or jerk off or whatever. And then we, we've got like a peasanty we're becoming sort of, um, you know, like bigoted chauvinistic, narrow-minded peasanty thing. Like we're not worldly. We're not cosmopolitan anymore. It's actually caused us to, to do the opposite of what you would expect it to do. But, but possibly like it's a human instinct because of, um, the overwhelming amount of data there. And even the wokeness thing, everybody's noticed. I'm, I'm ranting about the woke thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Even that has a weird, bigoted, chauvinistic, peasanty,
0: towny. Uh, I mean, towny rather yeah. than peasanty, actually. Elementor. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't feel like I knew what you meant by peasant-like, but uh, the towny. But town-y you, like, you get pitchfork people.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, just um,
0: like ta- like village gossip. Type yeah. Of person. yeah.
1: And also like, I've never left my town. I'm comfortable here. I'm okay here. I'm not massively, let's say I'm not massively racist, but I'm kind of like, I'm generally resistant to the new. I like things the way they are and that's it. And I don't want new ideas and I don't want new people. And there's a sort of the bigotry and the chauvinism, because I think the real meaning of chauvinism is like a sort of a hardcore patriotism. Hmm. So you're like, I'm kind of proud of who I am. And there's a swagger to it. There's a, the swagger of the ignorant. And now hmm. I'm seeing it's incredible to watch it. I'm like, cause I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the woke and I'm like, you know, you remind me of the guys that used to beat me up when I was a kid like working class guys with shaved heads or sub working class, like benefits class drug dealers. And they would just, you know, punch random people just for being out on the street, but that was their town and that was their hood. And like, if they saw you and it was a Saturday night and they'd had a couple of drinks, they would just give you a hook, like, as you were going to the bus stop because maybe like I was wearing black and I looked like, you know, I would, well, I'd look like you, When I was 19 and I get punched, and it was just part of life. You didn't even really complain, you laughed about it. You just drink your cider and go, Oh, I got fucking punched in the face. Mm. But their attitude, not the the stance, that sort of swagger of like, Oh, what do we have here? You ain't from around here, are you, boy? And there's like the the, the, the leering friends behind them going, Yeah, yeah. And you feel that same towny, dumb, attitude where people are ganging up on you so
0: they can beat you up <laughs> yeah i think i think uh you completely clarified it by just that one line what do we have here like Ooh. that it, that summarizes the entire attitude um it looks so like it,
1: you ain't so woke, woke boy did yeah, you wear we can uh, we can, actually split, it.
0: We can <laughs> split it in in both ways so you have what do we have here and what do we have here yeah. right, <laughs> right. So, yeah, you got exactly. you got the mean one, girls exactly. at the yeah. high school table and then you got yeah. the camouflage wearing uh, dudes that are looking to beat up anybody for no reason basically. just 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 as an aside, one of my uh, um, it's an indulgence
1: because I get it's it's a podcast that I have. I always tell these side stories. I think I may have told it here before. I finally went to what I felt was a real diner in Texas. Real. I was out, It was outside of Dallas. It wasn't mm. in, in the city. I went out. Good recommendations for the beef brisket. And I went to the diner. And it was the thing that I was looking for in America. Because I've been to all the different American cities. Yeah. And I'd not been into like a Quentin Tarantino diner. I wanted the, the propaganda experience. And I found it. And there was dudes in there in the, what are the check shirts called? What do you call them? Whatever they're called. The fucking oh, check shirts, plaid. they're all white, plaid, they're all white American dudes, wear baseball caps, uh, pickup trucks outside, and there's a table of them. And I was like, oh, there's, and I'm on my own. And there's like seven or eight big dudes with like beards and they've got trucks outside and they're wearing plaid. And um, I'm trying to tune into their accent because a, a real Texan accent is quite hard to penetrate. The, the, the real droll. it's 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 And I was tuning him, and, and it took me about five minutes, and I was listening to them. These fuckers were discussing the vegan diets they were on. <laughs> I, I finally came to a diner and found some trucker dudes, the, the well, kinds that would beat you up in the 80s movies, there, and they're like, I'm on a kale evil. diet right
0: now. <laughs> there is a, uh, there's a TV series. I don't know. It's not Portlandia. It was on another show that basically made a skit about how um hipster culture is reappropriated uh, working class culture so That's after yeah after a certain amount of time dive bars get reappropriated and uh, there's a funny part in the skit where the bartender she treats the hipsters like shit like just cusses them out and whatever and then somebody's like, yo, why are you talking to them like that? And she goes, they think it's part of, like, the aesthetic. And so then the, the, the hipster people are like, yeah, see, isn't that, isn't that cool? Like, she's just, like, so real and authentic, you know? <laughs> I've seen a
1: variation of that same skit. It was, it was Louis C.K. Um, it, it might have
0: been Louis C.K. Oh, it might okay, okay. And then right. and then
1: he says, I'm, I, I'm charging you $5 a bottle. And the locals, he was charging $2 a bottle. And the guy yeah. was like, why are you doing that? And he's like, because you're only here to drink in a New York dive bar to tell people you did, you're a douchebag. And the guy goes, so it's a douchebag tax. And he goes, yeah. And the guy goes, fair enough, and enjoys his drink and fucks off.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of what it is. So we saw the same skit. It's from Louis C.K. I right. think. But, uh, right. That's pretty much it. A lot of hipster stuff is just. Um, working class things and then they just they're they just have money and they're they have an instagram that posts about it
1: so but that's that's um you're talking about hipsters appropriating working class things this is the like this is the zizekian inversion which is working class dudes then embracing the hipster stuff and being like like this diner was known on uh, the reviews for like beef and a slab of a bull's ass. And and these
0: dudes are eating, well, like a couple of them are discussing the salads they're on and the, the benefits is, of it. <laughs> Richard, they might've actually been hipsters. They've just evolved over time.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, okay. yeah, that's what I'm okay, saying. Okay, okay, okay. So, so they're right. so
0: camouflaged that <laughs> okay. you thought they were originally working class people. No, they're actually yeah. hipsters that are really disguised to be.
1: Ah, so I should have uh, taken off their plaid shirts and looked for like a sailor tattoo or an anchor or a mermaid, and then I'd have been like, "Ah, you fucking frauds!" <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, they, but they also have a reappropriated those working class tattoos too. Like the whole thing. Um, ah, <laughs> so, so you know, what's interesting is I came across a TikTok that basically talked about this phenomenon too. That a lot of high class trends, or let's just say fashion trends in general. Mm start uh, actually from working class people but the rich reappropriate it too fuck that word yes. appropriation but it is yes. but like yes for example like blue jeans you know blue jeans were like the miners back in california whatever the hell and then now yep. it's like a cool trendy thing uh, like if you look at even kanye's fashion line it's like homeless clothing but it's done in a fancy way this was um
1: the the most um Direct example of this that I saw, I actually have personal uh, ties to that. Was the the relationship that's been o- ongoing in the United Kingdom for a long time between the nobility and the criminal class, so that's oh, okay. sub working class, and they kind of love each other because they they, ha- they share similar values, and I think they enjoy the irony. And mm. there was club, there was a club I would work on in in Liverpool, and you would it, it, fuck it. I can name it. It was called the Mosquito, and that's what it was. It was like the the crime bosses, the dudes that had the documentaries and the books written about them, rubbing mm. shoulders with like B-list and C-list celebrities and people who were vaguely associated to noble bloodlines who were horse, show, uh, horse jumping champions and whatever you like. And they were very comfortable sipping champagne and snort, snorting coke together. There's like this mutual uh, narcissism appreciation society going on. Partly because of the irony, and partly because they're both outside of society, so they're they're kind it of, is. yeah, they're kind of lonely. Everybody's a character, everybody's a caricature, and um, yeah. it was it was fun. It was it was fun to watch it unfold. But um, where I, without saying too much, I had a very close tie with a boy and a girl who were brother and sister, and one ended up marrying into sort of blood li- uh, blue bloodline and working for a very famous fashion label. And her brother, who was my best friend in childhood became a complete gangster. He just went into organized crime. No brother and sister. Yeah, and it just shows you, he's from uh, a good family, like a really like upper class family, but they just went, they did this divergent thing. But based on what you're saying, maybe it's not that divergent. Maybe it's actually, ultimately it's the same
0: thing. I wonder why, I guess, I guess there are two extremes that alienate you from polite society and they breed just eccentricity and they, they can connect through eccentricity and, and like maybe like a type of street life experience too. There's a whole um, series that I find enormously difficult to watch
1: because it mirrored my experience of um, of childhood uh, too closely, uh, but it's very good. It's It features Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Hugo Weaving plays his father. I cannot, it's a, it's a true story as well. And it really is an exploration in full over four one hour long episodes of exactly what we're talking about, how it plays out. What, I mean, one of the things is drug addicts. One of the first scenes we see is, is this, uh, uh, the the series, somebody in the comments help me if you're a Benedict Cumberbatch fan, the series is the name of the of the protagonist. And I can't remember for the life of me, his, his name. Um, but it's, it's really, really good. But you see, for example, um, like where my friend was involved, where he would be with the fashion industry and gangsters is drugs. So if you're really into drugs, like hard drugs, like heroin and crack, and you're three, four o'clock in the morning, you're in a hotel in New York. It doesn't matter how rich you are. You want to get that rock. You can have a chauffeur, but he has to take you to a place that maybe isn't so nice. That's one. Patrick Melrose. Patrick Melrose. Thank you, uh, uh, Kelsey and JC. Um, based on a, a, a true story, Patrick Melrose. Yeah. If you've got, if you had a rocky childhood, um, uh, just a trigger warning. It's mm-hmm. it's tough. It's it, there are scenes in there that are very tough to watch. But it's an mm-hmm. excellent um, uh, analysis and sort of an exposition on exactly this, and it shows you um, a granular level why. Because you look at it from the outside and, you, you know, why would they be hanging around with each other? And then it shows you and you go, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. What else sure. can you do? There isn't anything else. But one of the um, the key scenes in the first, uh, first series is the father, who is a malignant, narcissistic psychopath, says the main goal of life, and this is where the gangster class and the nobility have the same end goal, is ennui, ennui, which is French for boredom. You should pleasure yourself hmm. so much in this life that you become numb to pleasure, and okay. then you can perfectly posture as the. Uh, what, remember heroin chic when heroin chic was a thing. Oh. You can be skinny and drug-addled and have no desires left. You're just in a perpetual state of ennui because that's what the the nobility
0: were, and that's oh. what everybody wanted to be, just like them. So ennui is an in like a like a fancy indifference aesthetic. Ennui, I think, has its
1: own philosophy. I mean, just brutally, at my stupid uh, A-level of, of French just means boredom, but it means um, a kind of a nihilism, a sort of a, an existential nihilism where which, which induces narcissistic psychopathy. Like, you believe in nothing. You cease to believe in pleasure. Hedonism, in this uh, system, in this uh, hierarchy, um, if you still are pursuing pleasure, you're kind of a dope. It's not even so it's not even cool to be a drug snorting, car crashing, brawling lunatic. No, that's that's at the initiate level. You move past that until you just just nothing. You just feel nothing. You want nothing,
0: (laughs) just bored, turns out out I'm on the path to ennui. (laughs) There you go. Now you have a way
1: of um, explaining your your progress in life. You're seeking to be French nobility ultimately.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess the first name helps with the the category too. But uh, but yeah, I don't I don't see myself chasing the, this type of pleasure so much, and I, I feel like I'm becoming numb by the day to the idea of those types of pleasure. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, uh, influencers are they? On oh the- yeah, sorry, are, on they, are on, on on to
1: drugs and influencers could you tell the good people the the image that you shared with me today could you describe which, which it one? to them which one the one that you showed me of the little cartoon people that was the uh, diversity cartoon and it we we were told that we would have a platform that would allow us to express
0: there you go Start The new youtube creator and artist survey now the hype here exo we're starting a creative and a creator and artist survey where you can voluntarily provide information about your race, ethnicity, gender, and sexual orientation for your channel. I love it. I love it. Star sign, favorite colored,
1: uh, favorite flavored ice cream, um, favorite spice school, all of the important things that are just so important about who you are as a person and really define but I love see- this. It start, it starts with race and then goes to ethnicity, and I'm just like, what, what, what just happened there? <laughs>
0: you, you, see this, you see this face? This is the face of Ennui. <laughs> this is it. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe, maybe this is maybe this is where we'll get to, where we'll just be so um, punch drunk with uh,
0: this lunacy that, dude, I can't. This is where I the snake wait. eats
1: its own tail.
0: Richard, I can't wait for you to fill out that survey and just have under Richard Grannon, straight white cisgendered heterosexual male. <laughs> and they'll be like, they'll be
1: like, um, just before we delete your account, why are you still here? You slipped through a net somehow. We're just wondering why, like how how are you
0: here <laughs> yeah, they'll just they'll put a little stamp right next to your check mark of like yeah. enemy like yeah. right on right next to your username dude a little circle of a dude in a hood like this, this one God damn man yeah man Ugh, so i I, 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 think... I will
1: i if they if they insist i i really have to say um had it been a few years ago i wouldn't have chosen this to be the hill to die on but because of everything that's happened up until now any platform that insists on knowing my race um i i think i think i'm going to have to say that's it it's done it's done
0: yeah, it's it's fucking weird, man. It's just like the if this would have happened six years ago, it's like, eh, why not? It's a little survey, a little census, you know, whatever. But considering the context of how everything's been going in the last year, it's it doesn't feel like an innocent question to get some demographic data, you know.
1: That, that's why I found the little um the little icon the little Canva based icon of people of, of different yeah. ethnicities and backgrounds, really sinister. Like at the gut level, I was like, that's sinister because you're, you're pretending you're doing something innocent and inclusive. And what you're doing is not innocent, nor is it inclusive. It's the opposite. This is now double speak, double think. It's purely Orwellian. We are the right. ministry of love. No, you are not the ministry of love. <laughs> you're the ministry of torture.
0: <laughs> Dude. Okay. So speaking of this, um, I released a video just because I'm just like really over fucking social media. I'm over everything. I'm I'm fucking on on Wii, dude, and so I'm just making some fucking whatever I want pretty much. And I did this thing with talking to a therapist. He pulls out a gun. I put a pull out a gun on him. And you know what's funny? Can I say the the joke that you initially said? Sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so this is the funny thing. I sent the video to Richard. And there's a scene where I'm pointing a gun at myself. And Richard sarcastically says, what is this anti-Asian violence in this video that I'm going to report you for, Pierre? And I, and I laughed, obviously, because it's funny. And then I got a comment today on that video saying that, is this an anti-Asian reference like is this but but unironically she said it hold on what the fuck did they even say they said anti-asian
1: hidden message pierre points a gun at
0: himself and i was like oh i'm gonna report you for
1: anti-asian violence because you pointed a gun at yourself (laughs) this girl actually says
0: it as like oh is this is this anti-asian violence (laughs) she said anti-asian hate hidden message so yeah I'm subliminally saying don't hurt Asian people. Fuck this. I'm done. <laughs> this. What, I, what I think
1: you're saying is Asian people, because when you speak and you're Asian, Pierre, you're making a statement about all Asian people. Every, I mean, I don't do YouTube videos without thinking, like, I speak for all white people. All. Male, female, young, all. All the pinks. I'm all the pinks yeah You that's it's a statement
0: everything is politicized everything yeah. is a statement now yeah and then, like people like will tag me in their stop asian hate infographic or they'll like ask me what my thoughts are and i'm like i don't know just don't kill people it's not
1: that's a great slogan for a political campaign just <laughs> don't but you have to say it that way just don't just don't kill
0: people <laughs> yeah yeah, and it's like to tie it back to this whole job, this influencer shit. Yeah, this is—is this what we signed up for, man? You know, is I mean, are we even influencers? First of all, and it, it, did was this on the resume? You know, what's going on? I just I had a little self defense business, and I wanted to teach
1: people about <laughs> setting goals, and being aligned with their values. That was it. That was, and I just got sucked into this thing that has become more and more of like a slow boil culture war with every year that went past and then it accelerated from the moment we met like 2019 forward, every month that went past then every week that went past. And now it's daily. You have to check in daily to be like, where are we up to with the culture war? What are we doing? You know, what's, what's in the air right now. And what's in the air right now is, I'm a great risk for having both my YouTube channels deleted for encouraging people to move towards sovereignty and away from propaganda.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you got wiped. You got wiped, dude. <laughs> you got fucking removed, dude. And like, That's little it's, welcome it's to like the Soviet it, nation. If I want to make a silly VO, it doesn't matter unless I talk about, the rights of the lobster extinct lobsters because of the weather clouds turning into potatoes that I have to hire the fucking purple people to fight for the changing of the earth like dude well, what the
1: fuck? well this is but this is um this is pure trauma you know this is the effect of pure trauma whatever you force people through they get addicted to it so your age group of people is like 18 to 30. Uh, yeah, I think that they're indoctrinated now to consume, like they can't enjoy content without the filtering of issue and political bias,
0: right? Because
1: right. It, it just feels, it's like wanking with your other hand. You've never done it before. It, you can, but, but you, you have to think about to it.
0: Well, You know,
1: it doesn't feel <laughs> the same, but you can't, you can't, you can't, you cannot enjoy unconsciously this moment.
0: Know? Dude, that's a, that's an interesting point I never thought about. So the indoctrination is so deep, and we ha- we have all retrained each other to yeah. guilt ourselves that absorbing content that doesn't have a social political message means you're part of the problem.
1: Um. Yes, I do. I do feel, uh, and I should just footnote what you just said there. I I feel like this is more of a problem for you than it is for me, yeah. because. They can't get me on that. And I don't know why, but I don't feel anything. Like if people say, oh, well, if you don't, Rich, you're part of the problem. My generation wasn't, I'm susceptible to being guilt tripped. I know that I'm susceptible of being guilted and shamed, but that to me is so far outside of my world that it just is so absurd that as a as a weapon, as an arrow, it doesn't stick, but I know that it does with you. I know yeah. that it sticks with you. And I think it's a generational thing. Like your the pressure that you're under maybe it's the milieu maybe it's your audience my audience just wouldn't pressure me like that i I don't think not once i don't think i've ever seen a comment that said richard you need to talk about this because your silence is violence or if you fail
0: to talk about it you're essentially endorsing it i don't think anybody ever said that to me dude it's i have been. i mean that's what i've been rethinking a lot like i obviously have a core audience on the peer extra that that's no problem there i have no problem there but like the current platform makes me not want to continue growing it. I don't even want to be discovered more. And mm-hmm. it, it, it feels like a narrowing hall- hallway. There's like an analogy that we constantly bring up here. The culture is going through a narrowing hallway. And I see a microcosm of that with my own platform where it's like, I'm only allowed to have this particular audience mm-hmm. that is in. Oh, not all but uh, most of them are indoctrinated in this way to absorb this type of content only uh
1: coaching brain
0: came up with a question and said
1: who's who's allowing you where does the permission come from who uh
0: permission like what do you mean well you said you said you're only allowed to have a certain kind of oh oh because i i've thought about it and the whole Influencer branding identity, yeah, is just—it's inevitable that I have kind of blockaded myself into this particular type of audience. Where I'm like, what am I gonna do? Have a fucking boxing MMA like (laughs) type of type of audience, or like, I mean, I have—I would have to make a different type of content for sure to attract a different audience. But I'm like, I don't—I don't know, man.
1: There's um. I have to concentrate. This is at the upper limits of what my brain can actually do. I just wonder if, um, it relates to do you remember there was a a conversation we ended up having, um, or that I ended up having, we watched the social dilemma and then one of the women who was in the social dilemma contacted me. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So
1: one of the, she was like one of the managers of Google and she, she reached out to me and she, there was so just that so everybody is, is clued in the, the the back and forth was along these lines if if there aren't as many female influencers on YouTube as male influencers, it's YouTube's fault and I was saying I'll criticize YouTube all day but I, I was saying that's that's not right. you're implying an agency well because the the argument that came to me was, YouTube should be doing more to encourage female influencers. And I was like, well, should they? Like, that's an interesting point. I'm prepared to debate it. I'm not saying no or yes or or whatever. I would like to see that balance as well. I'd love to see more female influencers. We all would, but not because they're females, because it would mean bring more voices to the table than producing good content. There are tons. There are tons though. So, (laughs) So my point was, There there seems to be the sense, and this woman is the same age as me, I, I think, but she had the same, the way she presented a narrative, I studied feminism, you know. We did discourse analysis. And when you did discourse analysis, you would look not just at the content of what was being said, but the implicit coordinates. And the implicit coordinates of the argument that was being brought to me as a man. And it was like, well, you work for YouTube. And I'm like, I fucking don't work for YouTube. But you crazy? YouTube pays you. I'm like, they don't pay me. The in the discourse I saw this floating agency. There's this sense of a floating agency. Like, is it my fault? Is it YouTube's fault? Who has the agency? And the reason why I said this is at the upper limits of my intelligence is I just thought of this as you were talking. Isn't one of the problems that that we're facing now? Uh, and, and the small level as, as influencers and maybe more broadly as a culture, we do, we seem to have lost a sense of where the agency is. And we talk about issues and the agency kind of floats like a ghost on the ceiling. We can't seem to say who's responsible for this and make, but but we insist somebody must be and maybe nobody is. There's like a ghost in the machine effect where there, there isn't, there's just us, but we've, we, we're like paranoid delusionals. We think someone's doing it to us. There aren't enough female influencers. I mean, you make a good counterpoint, which is that there are plenty. Okay, but let's let's assume we agree there aren't enough. Who's who? Who me? Like me? Because I have PP? I should do something about that. YouTube. YouTube's a platform. They, none of us work for YouTube. They're um. A third-party provider. So if we get paid through Google adverts, then it's because what's happening is uh, product and service providers are paying YouTube. YouTube takes seventy percent and gives thirty percent to us if we have ads running. There's no work contract. We don't work for YouTube. There's no agency in that sense. There. So as you were describing it there, it just made me think. There's like a sense of a floating agency. Did that any of that make sense, or was it garbled, sunburned
0: nonsense? I'm sorry, it was it was pretty garbled, man. But I think okay. I know what you're trying to to get at. I think yeah. that a lot of the responsibility for certain outcomes is the fault of a bigger thing, not as opposed to people with their own agency to make things happen, right? Yes, but,
1: um, yeah, and and but I, I I think what I'm trying to suggest is that because we're not clear about who has agency, it creates cognitive dissonance and stress. So when you said what I heard you say um, was I'm not allowed to. And that immediately made me think, by who? And that's like a floating agency thing. You said you can't have a boxing MMA channel. And, I, and then I thought, well, why not? Why can't you have a boxing yeah, MMA I'm
0: channel? looking at it from a more of a practical marketing perspective. You know yeah. what I mean? Where like, for example, like my idea is to have a channel that maybe would cover social phil, pseudo philosophical issues you know sprinkled in some pop culture right and I would expect for people to perhaps enjoy that element of the thing where I'm what I see though is a majority of them just want a makeup tutorial <laughs> yeah. right you know and if I were to do the MMA thing I'm not even first of all that's a terrible example because I'm not that much into it anyways but let's just go with that yeah, yeah. looking like your boy here people are going to be like, I don't want fucking Jeffree star teaching me how to throw a left hook. You know what I mean? So it's more of just a, a uh, practical marketing issue in, in that way. There's a guy called Robin
1: black and he has a, a super viral channel. He's not a fighter. He just analyzes other people's fights and he has dyed black spiky hair, eyeliner, rockers, jewelry, and black nail varnish. Robin black. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know where he's from. I mean, the, the only the only reason why why i'm challenging it is i'm like um it, uh, my intuition is that 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 you i and all of us we're falling prey to um a sense of of feeling like we can and can't do stuff and it might be partially illusory i think that's probably what i'm trying to say
0: yeah 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 no i i I get completely what you're saying and it makes me think perhaps this in my subjective case it's more of i feel like it's the algorithm the algorithms narrowing kaleidoscope in my initial vision where for example i released that video yesterday and it's doing really bad compared to the other stuff so i in, in my own narrow kaleidoscope of the algorithm it, th- it makes yeah. me think you can't you can't do it pierre you can't just change your content no one wants to see this they just want to hear about jeffree star they want to hear about little nas x they're if, not if like this new shit. yeah so i have i have feedback on that as
1: somebody who works in this if we're rating everything purely by views Right. Um, it, and followers, it, it could get pretty dire pretty quickly. And of course, you know, we can't deny that that's important. Um, but if you were just focused on that, you would get pretty stuck. And as to the boxing thing, one advantage you would have is if I look at boxing, like i to throw a left hook, and I see a bunch of guys like me, which I would, like, and you, well, you've been watching boxing videos, you know, like the thumbnails are full of guys who yeah. look more like me than you. I would look at yours. Hmm. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? What's this? Like right now with yeah. the purple background and the tattoos and stuff, I'd be like, really? I'm gonna watch this guy fuck it up. I'm gonna click on his video just to see him do this wrong so I can post a shitty comment and be yeah. mean to him. I would never do that. But you know, that maybe that would be the mindset of a YouTube user. You get your click-through rate going, then you actually show them something that is actually good. You're gonna get a number of clowns who abuse you because life. And then you're gonna get a number of people who are like no man he's actually knows how to throw a hook this guy actually knows what the fuck he's doing and that do you know what i'm saying it could it could, no, um, could. yeah it works despite what we think like because we privately ladies and gentlemen we've spoken about me don't worry piero i'm getting in trouble to, to, talking the social justice warrior issues and just going like you can't looking like that you can't do it but now i'm of the opposite opinion i'm like First of all, if I should be talking about what I want to talk about, if I think it's true, I should talk about it. And secondly, the fact that I look like this could actually help me rather than hinder me. There's gonna be resistance. People are gonna be like, shut the fuck up, white privilege, babbidi-babbidi-boo. But then other people would see through that and just go, no, th- there's a human being and he's telling the truth as he sees it and that's it. Do you know, do you know what I mean? So we, what yes, bothers me sure. is that we're corralling ourselves.
0: Sure. Sure. But I think there's another element in the, the marketing uh, view that would be barriers, but it's, it's not the defining key point. Like if you were to talk about black issues, you see, that's that's territory where it wouldn't exactly play in your favor.
1: But imagine <laughs> no. imagine the respect for my balls brought in, in a wheelbarrow.
0: Right. Or I'm your just wheeling my nuts in. Or you're hey, cut hey, off hey. into a wheelchair. <laughs> hey
1: everybody, uh, I'm White and uh, I'm here to talk to you about exclusively black issues that I've never lived and yeah. know very little about. Or, so let me explain or, them back to
0: you. <laughs> I think that's kind of how I'm feeling more where I'm like built up this demographic of young women, you know, and like the stuff that i want to do isn't just makeup to tour, not saying that's only what they're into but i get a lot of requests for that shit so but if i were to cover these these other things you know it, yeah. it's it's in this territory that and it's also it's not even about young women it's about young people and then the state of the culture of everything having to be politicized and social like that's even though i built an audience of that I don't think you can really get away from it at this point, unless you did some really, really niche shit. Man, you sound like a dude who's imprisoned. I really do feel like it, though.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna release you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and everybody gets to watch. <laughs> hey, dude, I mean, we sound the only fans of me releasing you, dude. The money. <laughs> I mean, to about You'd live for a year off that shit, bro bro the, the, it wouldn't pay for the therapy you would need
0: that sounds that sounds like prison talk right there man <laughs> Fucking hell. like You're here like, i am when
1: she released me last night surely it's my go
0: dude <laughs> here i am shadow boxing for hours on end not leaving the house talk and then you coming up i'm gonna release your boy
1: <laughs> i hear you had some problems i'm gonna hear to
0: release you, boy uh, oh yeah. yeah but um yeah like I, and then I, I looked up at this I found this reddit uh, video you know the, these reddit comments where they have this like text to speech robot like read mm-hmm. all the comments I don't know if you come across these videos
1: Mm-mm. but text to speech robot no I don't think so no, no.
0: yeah yeah so it, people were like hey friends of influencers what were they like and just like the worst stories of people just turning into the complete assholes, attention seeking yeah. assholes and then there's um, there were a lot of stories of like just just shitty things behind the scenes that you don't even consider too, you know?
1: yeah well you're more tuned into that than I am, you are more tuned into that than I am, and I think I think you're a little punch drunk and I've said this to you before, I think you're a bit traumatized by this. Like, I think it's actually been, I've been traumatized by it. Um, But like, if, if that is the case, there's things we can do about that. You go, look, this line of work, it's not a joke. I'm not being ironic. I'm not saying it for views. I'm actually fucking
0: traumatized
1: by this experience. Well, we go, oh, all right, time out. Like, it's is- not worth it
0: this is kind of what I wanted to breach in terms of this stream, because this is something that we've kind of glazed over, but I think it's really an interesting subject that you don't really get to hear about. And, uh, like, what are your experiences with this? And do you think it is traumatizing and how serious do you think this whole
1: hundred percent is? I mean, I mean, I could, well, I'm on one tonight. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me, but I've got verbal diarrhea. I haven't spoken to anybody for a couple of days. It's probably that, Um, so I won't tell my stories, but all the way back in 2006, like you want to talk narcissistic abuse, gang stalking, like people hacking my emails. They got me in uh, the national press in the UK. They did everything they could to take like a a red top. It's called the sun. And they had my name in the sun. I had interviews from the sun. They really fucked me, mate. They really, really fucked me. I had no negative intentions whatsoever. I just wanted to teach people how to defend themselves. And this was done purely out of jealousy. So trauma from from internet-based drama, of course. I mean, the internet is the world now. Drama is drama. Trauma is trauma. If you are speaking sincerely and you open your heart and you're vulnerable and somebody takes a shit in your heart, it's hard to get over. Like, of course. So, you know, you're not... You're not doing videos on like how to paint a deck chair, how to fix an iPhone. You know, it's you, you're putting you there, which is good, but it's a brave choice. And I'm not, sh- I'm, I can't tell you, I've never told you what to do, but right now you've got two choices. You either don't do that or you're hard as fuck. You're hard, And, and I've said this before. I've said it on Sensible Quest before. I'm really sensitive, but I don't match you for sensitivity in, in this area. And I don't, I can get shitty comments
0: and then just fart and fall asleep. I'd forget. What night, everybody. What's <laughs> interesting, though, like when I first got into this, I blew up due to negativity, but I was right. totally okay with all of it. Like I, I could fart and fall asleep. I can pee pee too. I can fart and pee pee simultaneously and not care about <laughs> negative comments. You know, I used to pee on my phone, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, But like, as of recently, especially the last year or so, my tolerance for this negativity on the internet has gotten way more prominent. And I don't know where that came from. Because <laughs> let's do therapy in public,
1: Pierre. <laughs> You have a trigger around unfairness. And what's happening right now is broad scale injustice in the name of justice. It's if you care about fairness, oh, obviously everybody cares about fairness. If you have a trigger around injustice, this is a fucking hard time to live through. This is tough. We have to watch people not just get away with it, but being applauded for Mm. the most disgusting, disgraceful, hateful, racist, divisive nonsense, and every institution, politics, corporations, Coke, BMW, Nike, banks even, uh, governments even, this re- are like this, well done, well done. Keep doing that thing that you're doing that is ruining the world and making people hate each other. Keep going, kids. That's hard, man. That's really yeah. hard. If you care about people, you care about justice, it's a trigger for you, it's 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 tough. And not only that, you went and shoved yourself in front of the tank in, in Tiananmen Square. I'm like, here I am, <laughs> swag. <laughs> Where I was like, stood there going, maybe hit the sidelines, <laughs> maybe yeah, just hang yeah. out in the sniper in the sniper hatch with me for a while and let's just see how it goes, but that isn't your style. You put on a yeah. red jacket, got some corn rolls and jumped in the middle of the brawl i was like oh okay well i'm not joining you i'm here if you need me
0: i gotta get, be sent back home man you know what i mean like i can't be on the field for any longer this is my legs are falling out like running laps yeah you know yeah and i, I don't know just this, this hyper politicization hyper polarization thing and it just seems so hard to escape now and, and, and it's another wall of the imprisonment where I'm trying my best to maybe just enjoy what's left on the internet and my daily life, but god damn, it's impossible to look away from.
1: I just thought of another thing. There's a big difference between me and you, and I think it makes things hellish for you. I don't like the internet that much. I really like the sea. I can see the sea right now, and it makes me happy. I can hear birds singing and and to be in the sun and be outside is the better thing for me you really like that world and they've poisoned it it's poisoned. i I can drop i can drop it it's fine but you
0: can't that's how i i was about to take a shower and that thought like the 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 phrase they poisoned the well came to mind and that's how i feel where this this brilliant tool of technology and the internet that i've had an uh, affinity for since I was three years old. I used a computer since I was three. And just to see it be just taken over by the spider robots in the matrix and just obliterated with peepee poison, you know, it just <laughs> <it's> so disappointing <laughs> like fucking hell. Yeah. So we would say, um, in a coaching
1: context, we would have to, <clears throat> you'd have to sort of, like Young said, you're always trying to move towards truth, and some truths are uncomfortable. So on this one, I would be saying, well, look, we'd have to call that an attachment. We'd have to say you're actually attached to the internet and you kind of love it. You love technology. You love the internet. You love the community. You love what it could be. And you're seeing that ruined. So it's all very well me saying I'm not as sensitive about it. Maybe it's just the case of I'm not that attached to it. In fact, I've always been deeply suspicious of it and I kind of, I don't believe if it disappeared, the world would be a, a worse place. I actually think it would be a better place.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, at this point, it's it's a, yeah. it's a point that's going to be more and more difficult to argue against. I mean, even yeah. me, I'm, I'm having to shift my entire worldview because of it. You know, uh, it's uh, dude, I'm
1: um, being here. I'm having so many good real world interactions and online. It's just people just are like, fuck you. They don't speak to you unless they want to tell you to go fuck yourself in the eye of your soul and die. They don't talk. They're just like, fuck everything you are ever were and ever could be. And I'm like, I just, so I'm so battered by that uh, as as a fairly robust person, that I'm like having normal interactions with people here in the village of, of Ibiza. And I'm like, why is everybody so friendly and cooperative and kind? You know, they're not particularly like, it's not like they're super focused on me and jumping down my throat, but yeah. nobody's horrible because the, the the baseline for communication there is so corrupted. It's so fucking combative. So yeah. coming back to the world's pleasure.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, just a few days ago, I, I found my unicycle buddy, I haven't seen him in a year. And it was like the best time I've had all year, just like rolling around this unicycle. Drinking beers, didn't bring up anything serious, just fucked around and made jokes all all day. And it was it was a fucking amazing time, you know? And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's that simple, you know? Yeah. It's, it was that simple. You don't I don't need some existential fucking re, re-trajectory, something. I just doing that is okay, but it's like oh, harder than ever to do that now, you know. Are you
1: aware you must be of that really irritating song that's viral on TikTok called Sugar Crash? Uh, I
0: mean, you'd have to just hum it, but I, mean, I don't know. I'm not singing
1: it to you because it's done in the voice of like a six-year-old and it's robot- It's like auto-tuned, so it's even more shrill and chipmunk-like. But it's it's basically somebody complaining that they're on a sugar crash and they haven't taken their meds today and they're depressed. And it's trending now, and I find that interesting. And Maybe mm. I'm being too Freudian in seeing stuff where there isn't anything or like is an expression of the collective unconscious. Maybe it's a coincidence, but it's trending now. And there is a sense, I think, in which we've been on, it's kind of like cocaine or sherbet or sugar, and it's been this peak, 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 and it's crashing now because mm. it's not real. We want it fast. We want it easy. Like you want to drop a video that does 100,000 views in four days. Why? Well, because mm. the, the algorithms that you're, you're connected with the matrix and the algorithms are training you. This is what YouTube does now. It's like an animal training machine. It's Pavlovian. It trains you to think that that's your baseline where really, if you've genuinely connected with six strangers online and made them smile, I know it sounds a little corny, but that's six people. That's like, but if it has to be 60,000, we're sugar addicts
0: at that point. We're drug addicts at that point. That's a good point. Yeah. I think, uh, it just becomes digits on a on a screen after a while and if that's all you see you just become neurotic and you just you know it doesn't get a you know what's interesting is that actually having a private instagram has made me kind of uh let's just say humanize the, the people that would follow you have a private instagram too right I, I had to switch it off because they wouldn't let me
1: add any more people 30 a day was but yes i will make it private
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting is now that I get to see, I have to kind of vouch like people's profiles and just make sure it's not some weird uh, anonymous account with nothing there, you know, Mm -hmm. like, but it, what it has shown me is that instead of a number of 137, it's, you look at a profile and you see a person's face there. You know, and then they, they, they even though it's an artifice of who they really are and what they post on their Instagram, it humanizes each account into a person as opposed to just one full number. Yeah, you know, yes, and, and yes. it brings up an inkling, like a tiny bit of more humanity to the social media world to see that. Yes, there's an extra dimensionality
1: to that, and um you know, I would I, I think what's happening is that there is a lack of genuine connection for you and you're, you're kind of, you're starving from that. And it could even be affecting you hormonally because it does, if you're not connecting with people, if you're not around people, there are hormones that you just stop producing and it, you know, suppression at the end of the day, becomes uh, suppression repression mm. becomes the same effect net as depression suppression repression is depression. It's, it's coming from a different place, but you still feel just as fucking depressed because mm. you're not making happy. There's no, there's no joyous hormones being produced. Cause your body's like, well, fuck it. What would I do that for? I'm not connecting with people. I only make those hormones when I connect with people.
0: Yeah, and, and the, moment, that, the moment that you do now in this setting, it just feels a lot better. But like, and on the other hand though, like I ran into someone that I haven't spoken to in a while, And they're just like a complete religious like convert convert now, and the only thing they could talk about is their new religion. And like, I think we've known other people that would just only talk about their other political things. And like, people just get lost, like they're lost, like something like disappeared. You know.
1: At this point, I think I would rather see people uh, jump into the mass psychosis of religion than than political
0: correctness and wokeism. that's fine I don't have a problem with whoever that finds a religion but it's another thing that I just want to have some fart jokes with somebody I just want to have like some fuck a drink and just laugh about dumb shit like Mm -hmm. I and I realized after being around the unicycle and being around the 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 person that was a new religious not extremist wrong word but convert Mm -hmm. I find my religion and a really good connection with somebody that doesn't have any relation to anything fucking woo up there, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah, that's the... Um, whenever whenever, you say that, I'm always reminded of, of Patrice O'Neill just saying like men just need to get together sometimes and just be silly. Yeah. Just, that's, just,
0: that's a religious experience, man.
1: You know? <laughs> we have to argue about whether Bruce Lee in his prime could beat Mike Tyson and Wild really, farting. while farting. It's very, yeah.
0: these are important. <laughs> these are important debates. <laughs> I don't know if it's just the male thing, but I guess speaking as two dudes, um, <laughs> ruminating over a nihilistic approaches to reality by yourself for three days on end in comparison, to fart jokes and talking about Bruce Lee or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I found a more of a religious release doing the farting with Bruce Lee than I ever did learning about like how everything is fucking deconstructed or whatever, you know?
1: Yes. And and sometimes, you know, mate, I think I think these things are like they're cognitive styles. Like I've always been very critical of the idea of personality per se and as such, but I've never denied that there is there's differences between people and people have character chari- characters and natures. I tried to blend the word character and nature and you can't do that. They have characters and they have natures and you know being pushed inwards and into your head, um, I, I quite I quite like that. I enjoy it for selective blocks of time. Um and you just might not. It just might not. And that's that's fine. You just that's part of growing up that's also part of like the experience of learning who you are and becoming comfortable with yourself as though you were a partner and just be like, okay, there's certain things I can't do and I can only learn what they are by fucking up and doing the wrong things. You know, like I'll never try and live in London again. Tried it four times definitely isn't for fucking me, but I only know that through, through going through the process of doing it. So I do think there's, there's a little bit of that there where, you know, you still got to of find your feet in the world as 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 a as a human as a man as a as a person and and this is i think
0: this is part of that as well yeah 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 and i don't know just i mean when when you feel like you're absolved or let's just say you, you live in a in a headspace that's so that feels neglected of fun and just human connection at a ground level not yeah. I believe that, you know, turtles should have rights to, oh, me too, turtles should have yeah. rights, therefore we're friends now. Like, you know, when you, when you feel like you're, you're living in this ecosystem that just doesn't have any just room for nonsense or fun at all. Yes. The 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 novelty and the value of that laugh of yeah. that doesn't have any ideological association is just like a, it's a religious golden fucking coin that you find in the midst of branches, you know?
1: Yes. uh, And I do think, uh, again, I think that's a generational thing. I think what's being done, uh, to your generation and the people younger than you is enormously cruel. Who was it not you that told me that there was a study done about millennials and gen Z's talking to each other and that the average, there was a study done. The average communication was, um, three words long
0: and, uh, 90% of the time, one of them was an emoji. Was it you that that's, told me that? That's so funny because not only do I do it because I'm a terrible person, but right. uh, I randomly I, I never watch his videos. Sorry, dude. But I randomly came across Sam Vaknin's video, and he says that yeah. in the video. So, oh, maybe oh, that that's where I saw it. Thank you. Okay, God.
1: Fucking yeah. brain. I got sunburned yesterday. And my brain's not been working since I yeah. left my car. I was telling Pope this last night. I parked my car illegally outside a tennis club here where all the police play. And then I dumped all my credit cards and debit cards in the car and woke up like a stoner the next day going, Oh, where's my cards? Where's my car? Oh, I can't do nice. Nice. <laughs> Fucking so stupid. So yeah, it was Sam. It was Sam Backman in a, a, a recent video uh, where he's talking about the generational gaps. And yes, he relays that, um, that, that, that uh, statistic, um, that's that's really bad, man. Like, that's really, I'm not, it's not accusatory what I'm saying. I'm not like, oh, fuck, these kids are fucked up. But when you are there, if that's what is happening, that's really, really bad. That's hellish. That's hell on earth. That sucks.
0: I mean, as I was listening, it's a good video, by the way. Good job, Sam Vaknin. Um, I, I watched, uh, I think, most of that, pretty much all of it. Mm. And it's nice to have. An outside perspective of my current generation, even though through a fairly dark lens, it's solidifying or, or validating this experience that I feel like that I inevitably have to be a part of. This yeah. this generation, it's like the the party's ending, man. You know, it's it's not, it's it's not, it doesn't have any legs, man. You know, this this type of connection that. We're trying to not foster is is gonna. It's that's why everyone's got fucking problems now, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I th- I think so. I think so. I think it's a lack of authentic uh, connection that. Um and then, well, uh, what well, you shared it with me today, and I shared it with some people, and I got feedback from my Gen X uh, followers. Um. her name on instagram the real psychologist or real psychology yeah
0: i was gonna post it on my instagram but then i realized it doesn't matter so then i didn't
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh wow then i realized it's real
0: dust (laughs) dude this is this is okay not not to just tie it but we'll go we'll go to the post right after i say this but sure i feel like this is the the hole that i kind of dug for myself where i know that a good majority of who might follow me do yeah. not agree with that. And by me posting, it's not going to do anything, you know? It's no, gonna... you'll
1: just, you'll, pro- you'll provoke people. So there's yeah, a, I, I don't uh, want to provoke people, you know? No, no, I understand. I understand. There's <laughs> a, a lady, a lady on Instagram, I suspect she's around your age, maybe a couple of years younger, called Actual Psychology. And she is debunking a lot of the social media mythology around mental health. Um, is her name on Instagram, Actual Psychology? Yeah, Something yeah. Like that. yeah. While you explain that, I'm going to go pee real quick. Okay. So I think what's happening with um, millennials and Gen Z is there's a conflation now between genuine mental health issues and just a way of being. So you'll have a person like me um, who is uh, um, authentically introverted, like I need to be on my own the majority of the time to feel sane. Otherwise... I'm exhausted and I don't function. I like people, love being around people, love interacting with people for small selected periods of time and then it needs to end and there should be silence. And um, what's happening is is this generation through social media is is so desperate for identity that it's appropriating mental health diagnoses that are faulty to begin with. Many of them are, are so flawed and are based on such bad pseudoscience that they're bordering on charlatanism, but they, they acquire them both as an identity and as a virtue and as a sign of oppression. So they'll be like, well, I'm a schizoid, borderline, obsessive, compulsive, bibble and therefore, and it's gone hand in glove, like social media culture, uh, Gen Z, millennial culture, and this sort of mental health light and it's got to the point, there's videos on YouTube of, of of people in their early 20s attacking me, saying things like, Richard Granin uses shaming language about my personality disorder. And then they're going, okay, what I'm actually doing is I'm accurately reflecting what the DSM and the clinical literature says about your personality disorder, and the language they use, well, it's kind of shaming to the extent that it's negative, but they're not giving you praise, they're telling you the way in which your personality is disordered. So if you're gonna interpret all negative feedback as shame, all psychiatric language is shame-inducing and shameful, I mean, and this this then leads back around to the whole woke phenomena, we're moving into a period because of this sort of tidal flow that is anti-authoritarian, anti-elite, and anti-intellectual where we start to uh, pull at the fabric of everything and start pulling language apart. If you're going to describe a disorder, it's going to be used in negative language and it might induce feelings of shame in you. In fact, it probably will welcome to psychiatric disorder diagnoses. That's, that's the name of the game kids. Don't be mad at me. Don't shoot the messenger. That's just the way it works. So this mental health light has been appropriated. Um, nine times out of ten, I was appalled to find that actually, when I questioned people on it, and I'd say, "So, where did you get your clinical diagnosis from?" Not nine times out of ten—that's an exaggeration—but seven, I would say, seventy to eighty percent of the time, they'd self-diagnosed. They'd be like, "I'm bipolar." Yeah. Well, how many doctors told you about? No, I know I am. I'm ADHD. How do you know? My mum told me. I'm like, what "The fuck." And you just accept that? You just, you just go, you just roll with that. You don't question it. Yeah. Crazy
0: yeah so i'm gonna just read a few of them i won't read all of it obviously but like for example the themes they call it insta therapy because that's what right. it is now self-analysis aka rumination self-diagnosis uh negative thoughts obviously uh no support in treatment plan and uh one of the things that i think is good to note is one of them says encouraging people to introspect and look for negative thought patterns in themselves increases the propensity for those thoughts to manifest, which is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy sort of a thing. Absolutely. It's a
1: self-fulfilling prophecy. And she also criticizes the trends to tell people with mental health issues to meditate. Yeah. And for a while there, I thought I was the only person saying like, well, the way I would phrase it is like this. If you have CPTSD and you meditate, it could make you significantly worse. But apparently, the study that she cited from 2019 said that it makes all mental health issues, uh, sorry, not all, something like, I think it was 80% of people found their symptoms worsened if they were just told, meditate. I mean, it's, we're looking, there are these low resolution analyses of problems, which of course foster low resolution solutions.
0: Yes, and here's one that I'd like, if we continually self-analyze our thoughts over and over without support this is ruminating and it's actually more harmful for mental health rumination is bad for you (laughs) yeah no there isn't a psychologist alive who would be like go
1: home think about all the shit things do it on your own and just sit there and focus on all of the bad for a couple of hours like there's no There's no positive outcome there. People are asking in the chat if we could give her uh, her IG so they can
0: add her actual full uh, psychology or look at it actual psychology or look at uh, Richard's Instagram. I think he posted this. I would post it, but I'm dude. People, there's that saying, preaching to the choir. You ever try Mm -hmm. preaching to the fucking gardener, not choir? (laughs) Yeah, the like. (laughs) I, that's what my whole platform was based on, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't know which one is worse at this point because there are a lot of things that I kind of do want to say or things that I have a certain perspective on. But this being that, that like, this is subversive in the culture of today, you know? But,
1: but, well, maybe it's my, my stupid optimism at work here. I have a suspicion. That if you came out, because you can do this, man. This is a gift. I can't fucking do it. And you're like, look, uh, you know, when you dodge your laser beams, and you're like, we need to have a conversation about mental health. I, mean, I know you tried the ADHD one, and they fucking sawed your hands and legs off. <laughs> but if you if you if you approach that um, again, you know, regroup, re-strategize, approach it again, and say, look, it, we need to have this conversation. It's no good for you guys and goals to be running around diagnosing yourselves and diagnosing each other and absorbing this as some sort of an identity like you're the member of a social club because the stuff that was criticizing me i was looking at the comments and i'm like they, they sort of like they, they go hi i am an infnj bpd aries uh and the other one goes well hello i'm an entp aquarius and it's me i was I was like, what are you, yeah, that's your ENTP Aquarius. Um, I was like, it's like ants, like they go da 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 and they exchange information, you're in the club. Okay, good, now we're in. And I'm like, "It's that's not good. You shouldn't be proud of the ways in which you are not functioning. I'm not telling you to be ashamed. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not shame daddy, like you should feel, but don't be proud of what's wrong seek to heal, seek to grow, seek to move past it. But my suspicion, I'm, I'm not gonna say suspicion, I'm not gonna bullshit people here. I know full well that it's its a, its an oppression grab. It's an like, I need something that oppresses me and I need an identity. And yes, you do see people from different, certain strata of society and certain classes tend to do this more and they tend to be people who were raised wealthy, tend. there's a tendency there's there's a curve if you graphed it I'm seeing a lot of people from a certain social background certain amount of education and they talk this way it's not good folks it's not good like it's if you're bipolar that's not something to to be like yeah I'm fucking yeah no that's that's like we need to work on that you want to not be bipolar you want to work toward being less bipolar
0: I would think if you even accept bipolar as a diagnosis, which perhaps I don't, hop hop on my channel and try saying five percent of what you said and see what happens, man. Well, but then, okay, okay. Which is which is really interesting. Let's assume
1: that your assumption is a hundred percent correct. Where are we then, if if people are going to angrily and aggressively
0: defend their identity? We're in a bad place. That's exactly where my crisis is planting okay. it because it's not as much as i keep bringing it on about me it's i'm trying to reflect it on in the into the bigger span of things no no of, yeah we we everybody can see that you're struggling mate everybody yeah, can see
1: that you're, <laughs> you're a happy dude and they fucking got you and we're all like hmm everybody in the chat is hoping i can say something that's gonna pull you out of this <laughs> yeah
0: but but it, it just is representative of that bigger thing that you were just about to explain it's mm. it's you know you and i both are pretty debative people master debaters as master you debater, absolutely yeah yes and uh i think one of the things that tickle us is to find oppositional points we love like kind yeah. of arguing with ourselves and then bringing yeah. out those those opposing points outward and i feel like you know you, i go about my channel in one way so do you but at this point i'm realizing that i'm coming at my own content to talk to an audience from an oppositional standpoint and yeah. and hope to find an agreement but i who am i to expect that agreement in the first place mm-hmm. and it's all it brings out where everyone's at if they're not willing to do that you know it's it's my fucking hopeful like naive idea that that could be a thing and i'm like maybe i just shouldn't go about these things so oppositionally in the first place? Well, um, briefly had uh, a chat with
1: Potent last night and he was saying how contrarian he was. And I was like, I've always been quite contrarian. And maybe the point of, from the Nietzschean point of view, some of us are here in the tribe, we're all in this tribe together, but some of us, we need to be the contrarians. And some of you need to conform and you need us. And we're gonna be contrarian with everything because that's in the DNA. We're just contrarian fuckers. And the the jester archetype, the shaman archetype, the weird healer who doesn't live in the tribe, he lives in the woods where she lived or the witch who lives away. And they're kind of frightening, but they're the ones who you go to get healed and the healing could be painful. You need that contrarian element. The Nietzschean part of that is, if everybody is moving in this direction, Nietzsche said, I do not drink from your cistern because I don't want to be like you. If I drink from the same well as you, we'll all be saying the same stuff. And how do you move away? But, and I hope because we have a lot of contrarians here, people come to tentacle question because they're contrarians themselves. It is, let me warn everyone, a very fucking hard path because it grinds against your DNA. It grinds against your evolutionary drive to fit in because doing not what the tribe is doing is life threatening. It isn't literally life threatening now, but it was you yeah. do what others do. And if you go, if you swim upstream cause potent was saying he had a dream where he was swimming upstream and everybody's floating down the stream going, ah, this is cool. And he's fighting to go up. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. If you're a contrarian, you fight up, you fight against the stream. Because that's where we can find where we where we have our place in the tribe, where we're useful. We find the bits and pieces that other, the detritus and the flotsam and jetsam that other people missed, and that's what you're doing. But it's a hard path, particularly now, particularly in these times that we're living through, and uh, you you can expect your system to fight it because of the the biological and genetic risk that it, that it represents evolutionarily.
0: Hmm. Yes. And I think perhaps at the beginning, it was a bit more um, uh, that type of discourse was just a bit more allowed, I guess. And yeah. I can just see that just I f- it, it, it's become more and more solidified brick wall, the, you know, going into these discussions that way. Where before oh I thought like it was going somewhere. Oh, okay, so we've
1: missed the chunk here. Okay, we've missed the chunk here. If everybody uh, goes back to, um, there's a film from 1992 called Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater, I've mentioned it here before. He says it's one of the best films he ever made. He plays a high school loner who at night turns into another character called Happy Harry Hardon who runs a private radio station where he pretends to jerk off and then he plays music. It's pure, unadulterated Gen X um, mind porn. Okay. It's great. I've, I think I watched it like 20 times when I was a kid. And I'm so happy I get to be happy Harry on here today and fulfill fulfill my Christian Slater dreams. He was my first love, I think, Christian Slater. And I think but at that time, that was absolutely celebrated. That was the time of Bill Hicks, of Dennis Leary, of Kurt Cobain, of Rage Against the Machine. Go. There we go. I see where you're going. Keep going. You see where I'm going? So Contrarians was cool. The horror now is only the conformists are cool. The Contrarians are no longer cool. You must be a conformist now. How do you conform? Well, you do, you know, you do what little Nas X has done, which is about as brave as everything that Lady Gaga did, which is about as brave as everything that Madonna did. And it's like, oh, my God, it's so shocking, is it? aren't they just following the same fucking formula? This is conformity presenting as rebellion. So true rebellion is questioning what everybody else is doing. But these, the, the, the trick that's been played on your generation is the generational stutter that's happening where they have been tricked by, I, I know I'm gonna sound like a right-wing conspiracy theorist, but I genuinely believe this, big corporations, big pharma, big government, that what they are doing is cool but it's actually the agenda of conformity that's coming from on high it's coming from the powers that be in my humble opinion
0: yeah dude you just lit a flame in me as you were describing this this generation cuz like the people that i fucking looked up to were people like for example like you said bill hicks george carlin henry rollins yes. fucking billy corgan yes. and yes. and you got even but and when th- in this decade you had Prince and Michael Jackson and Bowie, which at the time was actual rebellion, because that yes. wasn't that was not gender fluidity in 2020. That was like yes. some shit that you can get murdered over at, at, at that time period too, Yes.
1: Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It and was it was a totally uh, yeah. Just even just wearing like one glove, the one white glove, and the jacket with the zippers. That was brave. Never mind everything else. The dude, Michael, was Jackson,
0: doing. <laughs> Michael Jackson was the first black artist on MTV. Like that's was a he was the first one aired on MTV that was black. That's, I, I mean, that's that's rebellion, man. And that, that was
1: because MTV was originally just pure rock, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, but, but you know, the the people that I looked up to and the content that I absorb, and I think the whole reason why there's so many Gen Xers that follow me, if anything, more Gen X follows me than uh, maybe younger generations. But there was just this spirit of fuck you and fuck everything. Everything's fucking wrong. And that isn't allowed anymore. Gen, Gen X would vibe with your um, authentic uh,
1: values and uh, less. So there's there's where well, you have to be two people in order to in order to do your job and make money. You have to be two people. Yeah. So yeah, Gen X would or, would you kind of have a well? That's how we can spend time with each other. Is you have a Gen X world view, right. really? Right. But you do. I think it's because of. Obviously you can't escape your generation, but the nature of your work keeps pulling you back into this, mm-hmm. this garbage. Sure. And um it, it feeds like a sort of a Gen Z uh neurosis. So you're a Gen Xer with a Gen Z neurosis. No wonder you're fucking depressed.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have to explore Gen Z neurosis and and like put the like the costume of it. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it's it's so uncomfortable, this fucking suit of like <laughs> god knows what conform type of anti-conformist conformity like nonsense you know but like i i look at older art and music and film like there was that one uh 90s breakfast club movie that was in a record store i don't remember i forgot what it's called um it was in a record store. It was like five like weirdos, like some outcasts, and the, like they just get together and they'd have like a little breakfast. Some Tower Records or some shit. I don't remember. Okay. But but um, somebody will name it in the chat. But like I I look at how Rollins talks on stage. I look at how Carlin and fucking Hicks talks on stage. And then you even have like the absurdist shit with like Jim Carrey. You know what I mean? And that's so fucking extra and outlandish. But it comes from a place that just doesn't exist. Empire Records. Thanks, guys. Uh, That place just doesn't. Exist in the current ecosystem, you can't explore that part. You know, I I would
1: feed back the linguistic construct that you used earlier that bothered me was you said it's not allowed. It's not allowed, and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's that really that really concerns me." Because I, I immediately, makes you goes, "Who's doing this?" And if we've managed to internalize the prison guards, we've we've really like life is so much easier for for the people who would want to control us because we we're holding them inside. They would never, right. they don't even have to bother gassing us because You're because incorrect. it's internalized.
0: It's it's not the right language choice. I don't know. I definitely should rethink that. But for example, no, I think I think it is the right one. I think like what you and I, I think you're talking about the
1: overton window. There is there is a range of things you can say where people are like, that's okay, or I don't like it, or whatever. And you step, just your toenail goes outside of it, and people are going fucking berserk. That's allowed. Like like the the proper phraseology is. This is permitted. This is not permitted. <laughs> right,
0: right. And uh, obviously, it's not about views only. Of course, it's not about money only. But you know, as I shift the content and seeing the difference in the response, it just mm. is another nail that show that tells me like it's not the time. You know, it's, this is this isn't what we're looking for. Right, right. I think um, I, I, I would
1: I would say that like um, in order to in order to to break whatever cycle this is you you, you really should uh, you really should look at taking a break from it and just letting your brain cool and maybe try and unplug from from the feedback yeah. for a little bit the audience that you are trying to please I mean I, I wouldn't want that job. I really wouldn't want that. Do you know how I would do it? I would go full hardcore um, nihilism and I'd be like, I'm going to get a ratio of likes to dislikes of about 50% here, which is preposterously low on YouTube. I just accept it. And I'll be like, there will be, there is, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it on um, uh, what do you call it on TikTok." There are Gen Zers who, who who are aware of this. They're, they're perfectly switched on and they're, perf- they're sick of it as well. You could talk to them, but you're not gonna get big numbers. Like the big numbers days are over and the core audience that you've had will be like, oh, I used to love him. I'm so disappointed now. He said
0: this about my ADHD
1: and I'm furious.
0: <laughs> Dude, like just to think, just watch old Carlin stand up and be like, God, God damn, do I just want to do that, you know?
1: Here's, here's a frightening thing. Um, every every piece of stand-up that I've listened to in the last two weeks that is older than five years old, I'm thinking, ooh, fucking hell, that's, ooh, shit, that's, ooh, ooh, I'm, I'm getting sensitive now. I'm trained. Yeah. I'm a good little trained dog in this yeah. circus. Uh, Ricky Gervais' third special, I think it's called Humanity. You listen to that, and I'm like, Damn, you've got some balls set. But you're listening to it with today's ears, where yes. you can't, like you're not, like you said, you're not allowed to joke about that. You're not allowed to say that. It's it's weird. Louis C.K. from 2015 is like, ooh, shit. that's It, it feels way stronger now than it did. Obviously, it was edgy, but now it's like, fuck it. It makes you, makes you sit up and go like that. Did he really just fucking say that? It's really strong now, by comparison, because... We're being fed uh, uh, weak, weak stuff all the time
0: where where do you th- why and where do you think this shift started from what i see in gen x content for example like fight club to the people i named earlier to mm. this uh abrasive left hook of nihilistic raw truth that mm. was that was rebellious and appreciated at the time to a point where if it doesn't, for example, if I were to go with that approach, not even talking about uh, like social loaded topics, but just be like, nothing fucking matters. This is how it is. You know, that type of like attitude to things, it just wouldn't be appreciated the same way it would have at in the nineties. Like where, why, and where do you think that that shift happened to that new mindset or whatever? I'm,
1: I'm, in a sense, I'm quite cynical these days um, in that I see, well, the way I would say it is like this, I think one of our big blind spots in the collective shadow of humanity that we're in right now is money. And I think economics plays way, oh, yeah. way more, yeah. more yeah. than we think. And I think the 2008 okay. crisis, it didn't, in the same way that World War II didn't end in 1945, it didn't end really until the Berlin Wall came down in 1989 and they, They kicked the Soviets out in 1988 in Prague. So the 2008 crisis didn't stop in 2009. It slowly unfolded and did huge untold damage that altered the reality of money globally, permanently, over a seven or eight year period. And nobody was really talking about it. But in the background, we all knew there was less on the table. Like it is is harder to make money now no doubt. Like I was a doorman um, and I was doing little bits and pieces of work in schools. I hadn't gone full-time in the schools yet. And I had like fucking four mortgages going. My credit was, I'm not going to say what my credit was here, but the the credit I was offered in the two thousands was absurd for the money I was on. So there was a lot more credit. There was a lot more free money, not free money, but there was money moving freely. I should say it wasn't free money, but money was moving freely easier to set up a business, easier to get trust from people, easier to get people to buy. Populations kept growing. The student population has grown. The student population is fucking exploding. And I'll I'll say it, it won't make me popular, but I'll fucking say it, idiots with degrees. And I mean people who I wouldn't trust to drive a car have degrees now because it's a business. And the business is, even if you're not qualified, we'll get you through this degree and we'll take your money off you We'll get you into debt with the student loans company. Not only will we give you the degree, we'll pass you so that we can be ranked highly on the national boards. This is how it works in the UK. I'm sure it works this way well in America and Canada. And so we pass people at higher grades than we should so that we look good. So we go like, oh, 20% who, who did English and history at Bibbly Babble College got, you know, like a first or above. You know what I'm saying? It, beca- yeah. it became a scam. And so you had less money on the table an explosion of students massive amounts of propagandizing and brainwashing of the students which the universities have been guilty of since the fucking 60s but you didn't have the numbers and you didn't have the resentment there's huge resentment now huge fear huge distrust and the sense that the system is out to get you because well in some ways it is but we including me i'd be guilty of falling into paranoia because i see they're out to get me here, they're out to get me here. Why wouldn't they be able to get me here? And I've had to look and go, no, there's nobody there, dude, you're, you're running from ghosts. So so it's, it's money and the explosion of students has created just a tidal wave of woke nonsense. It's not political, it's a mass psychosis.
0: Yes, and uh, one thing that Brian said in the chat, the rebellious youth meme was also subverted by corporations. So I yes. think in addition to all that that you said, there was also a period where uh, they they kind and it, it 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 happened enough the rebellious youth thing there was maybe two or three generations at to a point where they caught the pattern for corporations yeah. to completely formulate what works and what doesn't work it stopped being lame to be sponsored by coke but there was a time
1: and i was a youth for this time yeah. where slipknot couldn't be fucking sponsored by coca cola marilyn manson couldn't be sponsored by bmw and I, i'll tell you I'll tell you the moment Uh, Iggy Pop was sponsored by a British insurance company. And I think that was 2006. And I remember seeing that and going, okay, okay, the world's changed. And I went to my uncle who's uh, like in his uh, late fifties now. And I said to him, what do you, he was a big Iggy Pop fan. I said, what do you think about Iggy Pop doing that? Do you not see him as a bit of a sellout? He's like dancing around in his pants for a British insurance company. And he was like, well, he's divorced. He needs money. They're paying him money. And that's that. And I thought, that's an interesting shift. My uncle was a biker who would fight with rockers and get arrested. So he was a lunatic for this other ideology from a long time ago. And now you say to him, what do you think about one of your your heroes doing that? And he's like, as long as he's making money, he's okay. So there's this slow-boiled corporatism to all of yeah. us. It's in everything. We're all I, corporatized. I,
0: I have it too now, but I didn't grow up like that as well. And I remember watching uh, Billy Corgan on Rogan, and he was saying like, i grew up in a generation that if we had a deal from pepsi that we would sell it would be known as us selling the fuck out and he said that yeah he said something like if you were were i should listen it's a really it's a great podcast the smashing pumpkins uh billy corgan with rogan Hmm. but uh but yeah talking about the generational differences of i also noticed something interesting too where um in as i'm absorbing a lot of this type of gen x media whatever i purposely just didn't want to fuck with brands really i had a time period where i was still like 13 wearing nikes and supreme shit but at my core i just never believed this nonsense i'm like fuck these brand names but now it's a rite of passage to be sponsored by big name clothing brands it's the influencer culture like that's a like that means you're official to be sponsored yeah. by Pepsi. It's the or. opposite now. It's the opposite. Yeah. Like you're an official artist and musician now if you sold out. Wasn't
1: I just flexing with you today about how, like, if I if I post on a Rogan podcast from my blue ticked account, I get like a thousand likes? Yeah. But yeah. if I do it with my other account that's not got the official, because that's a corporation, YouTube's a corporation. If YouTube doesn't rubber stamp me, it doesn't get the likes. I yeah. can say anything, I can be like, pee pee poo poo papa. And yep. people just go, oh, likes, he's got a blue check next to his fucking
0: name. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's always a, it's corporate validation is what gets you clout now, which is really strange.
1: Well, then, well, then we've been absorbed by, uh, by the, uh, the narcissistic mother at the behest of the psychopathic father into the material maternal womb. We're back, we're back into the, into the matrix then. And it's through, it's through money was, was the way through. Um, which, which makes it hard in the days of George Carlin in the early nineties, if you rebelled, you would have an audience. I mean, I remember when I know it sounds so goofy to talk about your use and the, and the big acts, but like guns and roses in 1991, and you'd see these fucking concerts that would fill out and it was this multi platinum award-winning yeah. album user illusion. You couldn't escape that.
0: I, I have something here. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try that. to work it out in, in real time now. So because we're talking about influencers and we're, we, we are in influencer culture, whatever that means, everyone has the ability to possibly make it as an influencer. You've seen it on TikTok and Instagram. Everyone can do it. So what happens is, even though this is a good thing in terms of giving opportunity to anybody to make a living and have a paycheck mm-hmm. through influencing, whatever the fuck that means. hmm. That means that it primes people to behave in a way that allows them to gain corporate validation and sponsorships. Yes. Therefore, everyone is unconsciously behaving as if they could get a corporate sponsorship or they follow the values of what the corporations gave to us in order to have the chance of either being accepted within that influencer niche or to become the influencer yourself. I think you just put that very succinctly.
1: Yeah, I think that, I think that's it. I think that's it. There's um, a book I just read last week, but it's a new book by Stephen Pressfield. It's called man at arms. And um, it gets into a little bit of the Roman methodology of taking over countries and religions. And it actually got me into reading a bunch of other books that, you know try to present the case that uh, the story of Christianity as we know it is actually written the new testament is written by romans for a particular purpose to mm-hmm. to reappropriate and to reabsorb jewish culture because they were having problems with the jews and they so they gave them what they wanted but they gave them what they wanted with a spin that made life easier for them whether they did or they didn't doesn't matter this was a roman strategy You wanna worship on the 25th of December, fine, but worship in the name of Jesus, okay? Mithras, you break bread and drink wine in the name of Mithras, fine, but just do it in the name of Jesus. So there's this compromise. And then they taught the world how to rule. They wrote the books, and the books have survived. They wrote the strategies, and you can really see it. So with the corporations, they've done its Roman rule. They've taken over, they've taken over the gods, the gods of the modern world of the stars and they've got them eating out of their hand, just a little compromise. Like we, 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 don't hate you. We don't think you're awful. We don't want to destroy punk. Like in the, in the old days with the, the British government, they would get the Sex Pistols in, in an interview and just be like, well, you're a bunch of very naughty boys, aren't you? Aren't you silly? And of course the Sex Pistols grew in popularity because they'd be like, Oh, fuck off you old wanker. And everybody would go, yay. Well, we don't do that now. You get the Sex Pistols on stage and go, guys, you know what? I just think it's so brave what you're doing, sticking it to the man, telling them the truth. Isn't it cool? And then the Sex Pistols go home and they look on YouTube and they go, fucking hell, we got 5 million views on YouTube. Once you've got people checking how many views they've got on YouTube, you've got them in fucking eating out the palm of your hand. Give them a bit of money. Sounds like you need some new roadies. It sounds like your, your contract isn't too good. Give them some more money. Had they been in another time, they could have been um, absorbed the same way. Fortunately, you know, they went out before this time was here, but I'm just trying to make an example of what
0: could have been. So, you know what it is? It's like big tech, social media, and postmodern technology is a conformist inducing machine. Yeah. Because what it is is attention, meaning a mass amount of viewers who either agree on something about you whether you might be an idiot or whether you might be smart it's bringing it it's focused on singular collective mindset that is a conformist way of viewing the world in order to build a following platform or whatever the hell. Okay. So, so,
1: so people only conform if they're doing what the majority are doing and what makes the social media platforms conformist is the like system because they show you what the majority of people are doing. Yeah. That's why they like me when I speak on blue tech, uh, profile, because I'm pre approved as a majority of people liking me yes. and that's conformism. So if you're liked, your likes and your follows are an expression of the conformism of the
0: tribe that's following you. Fuck me. Yeah, and I, I think have a headache that, right over my left eye now. You were doing you. You had such a great last few days, and I had to come in to fuck it all up. But <laughs> but but. So the thing is, is that I think this idea is one of the the underlying premises of my recent thoughts is that you can't have social media without even an inkling of an echo chamber. It's inherent in the structure. Yeah. And I thought maybe you can come in with a bit of opposition somewhere, but it doesn't work like that. The inherent mechanism, the gears that turn are based on collective agreement, which is conformist It needs that.
1: Yes. And it it creates a cult like atmosphere because it's part of the pleasure of consuming the material. I go listen to Joe Rogan, not because I'm really going to get what well, I don't really listen to him anymore, but whoever I listen to, I'm expecting more of the same. I'm not expecting right. revolution. I'm not expecting the end of the same. I'm expecting more sameness. And if somebody comes in and says this is shit, of course they get dogpiled because everybody there watching the video by Dr. Global Pants loves Dr. Global Pants. And so if you say he's shit, we're all going to dogpile you. And yeah, of course, of course, it's an echo chamber. What We're not going to be like, oh, why? Why do you think this person? <laughs> tell us why. Tell us. No, they just get dogpiled. So yeah, yeah, it breeds conformism and it breeds a cult-like mentality.
0: Yes. And uh, I, I think, it, I mean, you can't get away from it. It's just, it's just part of the, the mechanism. That you definitely can't get away from. There was something you said
1: before that's probably worth uh, reflecting back, which is um, from an Adlerian psychology point of view, you were saying that, um, that, you, that you weren't feeling too good. And it made me just think, oh, I think what Adler would say about that is that actually the people you're connected with aren't feeling good, and that's why you're not. So it's not actually atomized, it's not individualized in you, it's that you're connected to a sick tribe a sickness that they could get rid of but they choose not to they like the sickness then you connect with them and then you feel sick as well Hmm. but you 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 don't you don't have to do that you don't have to be um you don't have to absorb their pain for them it's not it's not necessary
0: yeah yeah and uh i don't know There's a lot. There's just a lot there. (laughs) There
1: there is a lot there. And I
0: think, I think you're at
1: a point where you're going to have to create some boundaries around what you want your relationship with YouTube to be with the matrix and what you want your relationship with your audience to be. And I've been, since we've known each other and we've had these conversations, I think much more aggressive with drawing those boundaries. And I mean, aggressive assertive. I'm like, I'll talk to you about this and I'll talk to you this much, and this is where we're going, and that's it. And stay or go. It's risk. I've taken risks, drawn boundaries, and gone, they're either going to follow me or, or or they're not, and that's it. And I, I I think you're being pushed to a point where you're going to have to do something similar. You might not have to be as aggressive as I was with it, but you're going to have to start drawing boundaries and saying, These, this is my relationship with my followers, this is what it isn't, this is my relationship with YouTube, and this is what it isn't. So there's
0: actual some delineation there. Hmm, yeah. yeah 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 i think uh because of this echo chamber discussion this this uh conformist inducing machine there's something about approaching consciously approaching a social media platform through opposition is just kind of dumb you yeah. know what i mean no and it is kind of like well, what could I do that doesn't come from opposition, even though I like doing it, you know what I mean? Well, this this again, the Adlerian approach would be to
1: say exactly where you are and exactly what you're feeling is exactly where you brought yourself to. There was an intent to that. You know, were you trying to prove something to yourself? Were you trying to prove yeah. something about people? Yeah even if it's not true, we should always explore the possibility that that's, that's a game that we're playing with ourselves. It's like, this is the fiction we're living. What is it? What's the end of this story? Where, where am I trying to lead to? Because if you can figure that out, you can cut out like five years of nonsense, vacillating back and forth before you go, Oh, finally I decided to do this. You just go ahead and do it. Whatever it is you really want to be
0: doing, go ahead and do it. All right. So I guess I'm, I'm just, going full carlin on my youtube channel can you imagine
1: yeah i can
0: i might I, I, I do it i got a green screen i'll put myself on a stage
1: i from an outsider's point of view i think that you're traumatized i think you got beat down but i see you and i think most people would agree with me over here is like you have way more power than you think you do way way more way way more and just like having uh it sounds corny but like just having a bit of faith in that and trusting yourself and having the belief in yourself to produce good material that comes from the heart, that's honest, and then just let it be what it is. Yeah, the, the same audience isn't gonna love it the same way. There's just fucking no way that that's gonna happen. But maybe it will change and metamorphize into something else over time that you would feel more comfortable with, which is so much better. Like if you're waking up feeling good and going, yeah, I get to talk about this today, that's where you want to be that's that's real wealth that's that that means you're rich even if you're not making as much money
0: Well, thanks richard and everyone in the chat you're all so supportive and cute appreciate it (laughs) should we take some questions from these good people let's go let's do it um thanks for the therapy session uh how much do i owe you (laughs) you
1: (laughs) one one funny dance on tiktok with your nunchucks and a, a bit of a bit of humping the chair um, folks, if you have a question, if you can make it one sentence long and end in a question mark and we will do our best to answer it.
0: We're not inviting people into the chat to video chat with us, are we? Not today. Um, Richard, it snowed here hard yesterday. I saw
1: on your Instagram that there was a snowstorm when there was 22 degrees, what, four days ago, five days yeah. ago? And then it was sunny an hour later. It's Crazy. That's fucking well. Yesterday it was a uh, 20 degrees C, uh, bright sunshine, hot day, and now it's like storm and wind. This is this, so this year, listen, folks, don't worry, the pandemic's going. What's coming back? Terrorism,
0: global warming. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: Just, they're gonna keep
0: us occupied as long as I can have fart jokes and some gin and tonic and beer while the earth is warming up. That's with me. Do we have to argue yeah. about the other shit while the Earth is exploding? You know. No,
1: we can let it go, man. That's what I'm saying. All, we ha-
0: all we have is time and
1: and and each other. Um, somebody I saw. Sorry, folks. I'm not. I'm not particularly uh, um, g- good with the the comments. They go by so fast. Uh, the the book that I was mentioning is called Stephen Pressfield. Is the name of the author, and the book is called Man at Arms. Man at Arms. Um, and the book that the Romans allegedly wrote is a little book called the, the, uh, the Bible, or at least the new Testament of it. Um, okay. SF asks, are you willing to starve so
0: that you can have wealthy content? I think that's a question for you, sir. So that's, that's a big, I don't have the answer to that. And that's something I'm also thinking of. Do I just mm-hmm. treat YouTube content as a job just so I can get the income and then I can, I don't know, like, do I just, make this fucking content and risk the money. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's,
1: yeah, that's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's always, it's always going to be a little bit of a trade-off and you do, you know, as an entrepreneur, you do have to be courageous and take risks, but these risks should be, should be uh, calculated for sure. Hmm. Um, why is it so fearful to not follow the
0: herd and do what's right for us? What do you think? Pierre? Um, I mean, we can go through like the evolutionary perspective, right? If you didn't follow the herd in your small tribe, then <laughs> you're dead. Like literally you're going to starve or you're going to get casted out or you're going to get eaten because you didn't follow the herd to do that. Uh, but even, even I guess in the modern world too, it's like, you, you know, you get, uh, you brought, you're brought up in a semi wealthy middle-class family. And if you don't follow what they say, you get kicked out. You don't know what to do with yourself. So it's just kind of, I think it's ingrained in us
1: is a another question from paramedic yogini do you think there will be freedom of speech on social media platforms
0: in the future well no it's over dude but it's interesting because the the number one place for freedom of speech is owned by the communist chinese communist party in tiktok tiktok yeah we're both we're both on tiktok you can find me and pierre on tiktok we're enjoying it as
1: consumers and content creators but it is weird how it has a it has it's a social media platform with distinctly two thousand and nine vibes. It's weird. I'm getting like weird bits of history, stuff right, about true. magic, conspiracy theories and it's great. It's fucking awesome. Weird stuff that has like seven views on it because you don't get that on YouTube anymore. You can't it's really hard to
0: make it big on YouTube it, now because they won't cool. they won't show your video unless you have views already. When I browse TikTok and waste an hour of my life mm-hmm. like laughing and learning on TikTok, mm-hmm. I'll go to my YouTube recommended mm-hmm. and it's just the most negative shit. Yeah. The most negative stuff. This celebrity did this. This is the end of the this stock. This blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, man, where the hell? It, yes. it really provides a contrast, man.
1: Well, that, that, that you send me a TikTok from a goal. Girl- who was saying the the difference between TikTok and Instagram? Mm, and yeah. uh, she was sat there, no makeup on, eating chicken in a in a dressing gown, saying, "Look at me, this is what I'm doing." And then I go on Instagram, and it's cringe now because it's just influencers living pure lives Everyone's within this hard. Yeah, everybody's trying to everybody's trying to be beautiful and photoshopped. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I didn't use Instagram before it was that, so I don't know any other Instagram." But I, was, I definitely can see the difference between like a TikTok platform and an Instagram platform. The the vibe on Instagram is very, very conformist now. Yeah. yeah. Very flashy. Yeah. Richard, are you getting back to the narcissism content more? Seems like on TikTok. Um, on TikTok, I can have a naive, uh, I can talk naively about narcissism. You can't really do that on YouTube now, or at least I can't. If you started a YouTube channel, you would be able to because it's, it's become politicized with a small p. And uh, I, I think I think like where Pierre is at, that's how I feel about doing narcissism content on YouTube. I'm just like, oh God, knowing that it's going to be consumed by a bunch of narcissists in a way that makes them even more narcissistic. Michelle D says, is the need to commodify yourselves to be marketable one of the most damaging aspects of being
0: influencers? That's a great question um yes in a way and depends on how far you're willing to come to to wrap yourself in shiny packaging meaning how how much are you willing to shift your public persona like as i was watching that reddit video of people that are friends with influencers some people like completely shift their mannerisms the the tonality in their voice their complete attitude to a completely different thing vastly different thing and that is really damaging to, obviously because it's bad for your brain um, so i guess it depends how far you go with it
1: i've seen it um in the manosphere where i get interviewed by a guy and i'll like it's happened a couple of times they'll come on and be like oh hi richard how are you are you good how's work yeah how's your knee recovering yeah and then the, and then the podcast starts they go hello hello today i'm here with uh, richard Grannon. and i'm like what, what 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 just happened to your voice like what <laughs> did you did you got a little, you need to cough hello welcome to the manly mcmanderson podcast we uh we kill deers with crossbows and eat them when they're
0: still alive but but, you know here's the here's the dichotomy here is that that works it it works because it, it feeds into the the echo chamber inherent in the social media system i think when i look at my own platform one of my biggest problems is that i'm not solidifying my commodification to one singular point that was a sexy sentence. God damn. Yes. But, yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's response, so. but I mean, the I, I'm element. like
0: shifting through what I fucking feel that day and express myself in, in that moment, which veers off a lot of people that didn't sign up to see that in the first place.
1: Yes. And I think you've hit on something there that somehow we as, as we waltz through the minefield before we didn't hit this mine is like social media is a fundamentally reaction seeking medium. Yeah. and so you're only rewarded by reactions so of course you're reaction seeking so of course guys are doing that and posturing that because as you just said they get rewarded for it the problem is is that we're then mirroring the uh, behavioral patterns and communication styles of narcissists which is purely reaction seeking communication <laughs> no sincere communication it's just all for effect and likes and follows and it is it is a problem um yeah. one of the things um maybe that we should have a private conversation about is is uh, is finance just so that you feel like you're sat on a big enough block of cash that yeah. if you do something completely insane on youtube
0: it doesn't it's not going to kill you it's not going to leave you homeless yeah that would really help a lot for sure but i mean mm-hmm. i'll i'll have a confession right now like my whole instagram is just pictures of my fucking face mm-hmm. do i actually like it do i want to It seems like I might have the personality that wants to do it. And I love my own fucking physical being because it's perfect. I hate it. I actually don't like setting up shoots of myself and doing the whole thing and posting myself three times every single time. Like, I don't I don't. That's not really natural to me. I don't really enjoy it at all. But through commodifying yourself as a social media brand or whatever you you have to almost you have to appropriate some narcissistic behaviors. You know, it that's it, part of the commodification of it, and uh, and I mean, at this point, as you guys can see, I'm fucking rethinking everything because I don't know if I can keep this up.
1: I I think I told you this like I would post something on Instagram that would be like how to recover from CPTSD or something that Freud said about something, and it would get so many likes. And then every time I jumped on a plane, it just became a thing. I'd take a selfie every time I got on a plane. And then I started doing it just to see how many more likes than the actual cerebral content it got. And I was, I told Sam Backnin about this. I was like, it's my face. I'm just taking yeah. a picture of my, I don't even have to smile, but I get like 500% more likes and more engagement for Dude. doing a fucking
0: selfie than for actually saying something useful. <laughs> but that's exactly why I post a lot of my own face. Because right. if I am building a job through this, what am I going to do? Sell people fucking carrot cakes and asparagus pies or do I give them donuts? You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, everyone's vegan now, so I guess they would pick the other choice, but (laughs) Um,
1: Uh... I picked one and I've lost it. Sorry. Sorry. I'm not particularly good at this. We've got a, we've, we've got a question here in Dutch. Um have you Tovalig in boik met Mudras? What do you think? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um question. What would you do differently if you would start social media now for the very first time? You couldn't, you'd be fucked, you'd never get anywhere. Sorry. sorry this forget, you moment to, now? Yeah. 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 Right now. You get start again. What would you do?
0: I actually told my, my friend this the other day. Um I would go pure TikTok, like just just complete hammering TikTok and doing nonsense like and I had I would have had the drive like when I first started with the social media I had the craziest drive to get it done and at this point I'm like kind of burnt out but if I had that same drive at this moment I would just go hammer TikTok. Do you you, have you written have you written
1: down have you ever verbalized what what your intent is with social media do you
0: have like an end goal that you would that you'd love to see with social media? Here we're going back in therapy session, but <laughs> I think part of this this burnout and this crisis is because of my dissolution of my initial worldview, worldview and goal with social media, right? Which was to introduce a a type of thought that you wouldn't see in pop culture YouTube world, okay? And to probably, possibly foster that type of uh, discussion based culture or whatever whatever it is. And at this point, that thing has just cracked on itself. Knowing that I just don't—it's—it's th- too—it's too fucking crazy now. It's not going to work, you know. So my my last uh ther- my I promise you my last therapeutic question of, of
1: this mm-hmm. podcast would no, be: okay. Do you do you feel like you failed in an endeavor?
0: Yeah, I think so. Okay, I I think I. I feel a sense of failure as well as um, I gave up and I don't like giving up about over anything. and I don't want to ever give up about whatever. I'm always with anything that I ever choose, whether it be Rub- Rubik's Cubes or fucking boxing. I'm, right. I'm always looking to it. But uh, I think in this case, I just feel like I just have to let it go. And it's, it's pretty hard. Do you, do you know what the, I, I did say that was the last question and I, typed, I slightly lied. Um, no, do no, you know no.
1: what the new, the new, the new mode, uh, the new way of thinking, have you ever sort of like expanded it out as to exactly what, well, not exactly, you wouldn't be able to say exactly, but like a more nuanced idea of exactly what that would look like?
0: Uh n- No, I'm just trying to even figure out the new trajectory in general. Like I yeah. don't even want to begin with that at this point, you know? Well, when you started with the
1: intent with this, you said that there was a, one of the things that you were trying to do was help people to think in a different way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that different way was?
0: Uh, back then or yeah, back then, back then. I mean, it's not as clear as I would like to say, but uh, I guess it was just, I guess it just wasn't clear, but um, I don't know.
1: I, I can I can imagine from knowing you that you probably wanted it to be something that was fairly human, fairly well-humored, that brought people together, that right. made people who felt like they were ostracized, there that they you know. were a part of something. Um, yeah, because I can I can see the value I can see the value system in the in the videos that you've produced over time.
0: Right, right. Um, uh, kind of a uh, a bringing a togetherness for outsider thinkers, you know, in, you know what I mean?
1: It's just a real tragedy that you did it
0: right at the peak of the woke explosion, <laughs> dude. If that's the fucking sickest joke the universe has played,
1: I mean, like, your timing couldn't have been any fucking worse. <laughs> it was like you went, "I'm going to do this," and the universe went, "Oh, really, motherfucker?"
0: <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> what? Like yeah. if I if I even started three years before, I would yeah. have had enough. Enjoyment yep. in that time period. I would have had two years of a beautiful grace period, you know. But yes. God damn, what happened? It's a it's zombie land.
1: It really is an ideological infection. Nobody nobody could stop it. Nobody was ever going to stop this. It's 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 kind of got its own inevitable weight, and it's um, you know, we're sort of eating. It's a it's a wave, and it's eating through itself. But the snake is eating its own tail. It, it sows the seeds of its own destruction with every move that it makes, and it, it will it will end, it will end. And you could, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you tell you what to do, but like you 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 could you could um, catalyze that. You you are perfectly positioned to catalyze people. You remember when you told me there was a, there was this uh, hashtag of leaving the left when I was whinging about my leftist brothers and sisters. You told me about yeah. that. Yeah, there must be a movement of people in this age group who are. Coming, they're waking up from woke or whatever the expression that, that they would have. You could be, you could be that person to be like, yes, we care about protecting uh, minorities. Yes, we care about issues of social justice. Yes, we're left leaning. Yes, we but the solution, the the solutions we're being offered are too rigid. You could be the person who just opens it up and is being like, it's not just either or. It's, it's not. We don't just have two choices.
0: We have another way of of doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, you know it, everything has a funny way of working itself out. you know things that are steps towards this thing that you en- ends up being really good for you, you. don't even realize you're in the process yeah. of it. you know So yeah. this could just be another one of those story arcs I guess you would see in a film. So yeah maybe this
1: is you're living that part of the story right before you became the dictator of Europe. And it's not even when we don't even live in a united Europe yet, but we will. Listen,
0: when everything opens, I'm gonna be the one standing on top of bar countertops. (laughs) Listen, I have it.
1: (laughs) We're watching, we're watching take place like the backstory of either a superhero or a super criminal. And I don't know which it is yet, but that's what's happening.
0: Did it to us?
1: Pierre the Dictator. And everybody's like, no, there's no way he's the last person you would think would ever be the the one. And I'm like, that's what makes it perfect. Exactly. This is who he should be. And everybody watching were actually um, Pierre's inner circle. They'll be making documentaries on the History Channel in 70 years' time showing this podcast that predicted
0: everything that came after. And I I would be keeping tabs on the hate comments on my main channel, man. be like, yeah. Yes. BTS 5,000. Ah. Come along. He goes on to list along (laughs) with his
1: family. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, folks. We're going to take out one more question and then we're going to, we're going to disappear back to our relative dimensions. Um... Okay. Questions, 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 Mm -hmm. please, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, How would the world look? Uh, This is from Paula. This is the last question. Pierre, Mm -hmm. how would the world look if social media
0: disappeared overnight? Initial freak out, but the next action is to actually call up a homie. That's the only reasonable thing that I can see happening. People go, what? What the fuck? then they start calling their friends and then they call their friends to talk to their friends and then they meet up with their friends and then we'll see what happens from there.
1: I, uh, I agree. I think it would go like that. And I think the opening salvo in any future war that we could be looking at would be the uh, sudden shutdown of at least temporary of the internet. And, uh, I do wonder if in that post sort of the same thing in that post social media world, yes, initial freakout, initial trauma, but maybe, maybe if it went on for long enough and people went cold turkey and they were shaking and screaming like ah, give me back my fucking instagram after two weeks they'd like oh uh, oh uh, uh, oh this is better i feel oh fuck i didn't even realize how shit i felt all the time and now let i feel good again
0: let me just get the door real quick you're certain
1: yeah the door it'll be like stop making noise stop talking to that stupid man over there in abifa says question what happens when the pendulum swings back from wokeism i'm very worried about that very very concerned that we're going to end up with some sort of um ultra uh, right wing um nationalistic ethnocentric um balkan it won't be global like this like wokeism is but it'll be done by different countries was that the cocaine? Did you did you receive all the
0: cocaine? Cocaine and burgers, baby. Um, oh yeah. Uh, is the is this the question right now? Or yeah, um, what happens when the pendulum swings back from <coughs> wokeism? I wonder if there's going to be a heavy conservative like rebellion. You know. Yeah. I think it's brewing. I think we can already see that. Yeah, that people like, gonna... go like not even like politically conservative necessarily, but just like. Traditional values, like people start just having like stable families and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and
1: I think you can you can see that that coming, which is fine. That doesn't bother me. Like if people switch it up and just have like conservative values and they're right of center, fine. I wouldn't I wouldn't stress over that. My worry is that we're going to go right the way across the
0: spectrum to the other side of the room. Speaking the which. Um, I have to finish it, but I got through one half of Starship Troopers in the meantime. Oh, good, 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 good. But is that what you have in your head in terms of the other pendulum swing? I
1: I always just enjoyed Starship Troopers as a kid. It was like a cult
0: movie. Me and my friends would watch it, and then I saw
1: saw some stupid YouTube video that made me realize it was actually uh, talking about American patriotism and a potential fascist future where they're in a perpetual war
0: full of gung-ho patriotism against an alien. Yes, and there's something about how 80s films are just shot. I love it, man, I I don't know what it is, it's great. Yeah, it's um, more naivety,
1: it's just a more naive way of, you can almost hear the director going, well, here's some people in a room, so let's set the camera up over there where you can see them, are they lit? They're lit, (laughs) okay, can we hear them,
0: yes. I think I can sense that and, and, yeah. and it makes it a bit more genuine. I don't know what yeah. it is. It's charming, man.
1: Somebody somebody told I don't know how much of it is true or not, but like I've heard into people, celebrities being interviewed talk about Clint Eastwood, and that's apparently how he directs. Is like, are they lit? Yes. Can we hear them? Yes. It's a rap. We're done. <laughs> it's like we've finished. <laughs> as long as as long as you can hear them. It's like it's it's just old school, old school stories. Much more naive where now everything is Meta and irony and subverting audience expectations. You thought it was going this, it's going to be this, yeah. this. it's crap. <laughs> yes, 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 That was yes. no, great. Well, I feel like, um, we probably went on a journey that probably a lot of people are struggling with as well in different ways, in different areas of their life. So hopefully that was, that was, you. I think that would be very useful for people.
0: Well, let's ask, did you guys find that useful or was that just, me talking about millennial problems (laughs) was it useful give us a croissant if you love
1: pierre and think he could do anything then send a rose croissants and roses croissant is useful rose is pierre can do anything
0: yay well maybe i just need some sun richie you know I, I'd, I'd say
1: come to Ibiza, but the next flipping week here, it's rain. It's gone to it's gone to crap. As soon as it starts to improve, you can you can come down here. you have got loads of croissants and loads of roses Thank in you. the uh, in the comments coming through. Thank you guys. Um, who, who, who wants
0: who wants to see Pierre in in Ibiza? <laughs> Dude, why should we just like be perfectly okay just because I'm in the sun and that's it? Yeah, and you go, oh, this was it the whole time. It probably is. Flipping sun. It probably (laughs) is. I'm going to take some vitamin D, vitamin after this and just see how it goes. But yeah, thank you for everything, my friend. And thank you, everybody here for sending croissants and roses. No problem at all. Um, Shall I close this out in the traditional way? yes indeed um i will be streaming i think friday so i, I won't do anything after this if anybody's expecting because i think i said that But i won't be because i need to fart
1: and they should they should uh, go over and show some love to your
0: latest uh upload over on your main youtube channel as well right oh yeah that would be wonderful that would you, be yeah, did you know we've had a concurrent view count of 666 for like the last hour i took a picture of it to send to you after the stream <laughs> <laughs>
1: we've I been we've it. been 666 this whole time kids oh the number my of the god beast.
0: <laughs> close yeah. us out my friend ladies and gentlemen
1: thank you all so very very much for your time and for your attention and we look forward to speaking to you again very very soon